It's time to make an appointment. Scalpel. It'll be good for your health. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Oh, oh sorry. The doctor's in. <laughs> Same. How about a free examination? Get ready to take your medicine. If you think that's bad, when you get my bill. I hope you have protection. Dr. Giggles. It's a good thing I make house calls. Rated R. Welcome, everybody, to episode 49 of Schlockernaut, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, to include slasher flicks with mentally unstable chuckling physicians and stock 90s era body fodder. You can check out steve52.com for previous episodes and links to support the podcast. I'm the doc. I'm joined by my nurse assistant, Steve. And now, on to the show. What's up, the doc? Hey, how are you? So I have a a big confession to make. And remember I kept telling you during the week, like, hey, I got something fun for you lined up for Dr. Giggles. Go. Okay, so I got you liked the, the movie, didn't you? I, I kind of did. That's confession number one. Okay. Um, so I got the DVD from Netflix. That's how I saw this movie. And the mm-hmm. DVD I got was um, basically damaged. Like every 15 to 20 minutes, the track would skip or I'd have to go back. And it would just, it had like some kind of you know, tracking problem. Okay. So, some of the parts of the movie I didn't even see, you're going to get to explain to me. So, that's your first bonus of today. The second okay. bonus is every time I tried to rewind it to take a sound clip, uh, it would completely stop and I'd have to unplug the DVD player and plug it back in. Oh, excellent. That sounds like it was a lot of fun. Right. So, I got some options for you here in lieu of sound clips. Okay. Number one, I can play sound clip roulette and just play another random sound clip from any of the other shows we did um, without looking whenever you want a sound clip. All right. Or option two, I can pretty much masterfully recreate anything that was said in this movie using my own voice, and you probably wouldn't even know that, that I was one. doing it. Okay, you want that number one. two? Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, yeah. let me ask you this. Did the, did the DVD have that scene from the uh, audio trailer you just played that had a chainsaw in it? Because I don't remember <laughs> yeah. that at all. I, di- I didn't hear the British ambulance. I didn't hear the whoopee cushion. <laughs> I didn't hear the chainsaw. Those are the three things I... Uh, yeah, well, like... Wh- who put that thing together? It's like a, it's like that radio show we always talk about from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, the uh, Weenie in the Butt. <laughs> See, that's a clip I could have got right there. I could have done that. Very one. busy, very uh, busy. Yeah, we are talking about. Let me find my show notes. 1992's Doctor Giggles, rated R. It's an hour and thirty-five minutes, um, and it was also known as Medico Assassino. Fun stuff. Filmed in Portland, Oregon. Did you know that? I, I knew nothing of what you're saying right now. Okay, we're going to go through some of the uh, IMDb taglines. And just for fun, I threw in my own okay. that I made. So you get to choose which one is IMDb and which oh, one is the one that sweet. I created. <laughs> so we're both you coming, ready? We're both going to be super creative on this episode is what I'm getting out of this. I don't know about super creative, <laughs> but we tried hard. Okay. All right. We, we both get a gold star for participation. Okay. All right, you ready? Go. Sorry, the doctor is insane. I heard that in the trailer, so that's got to be IMDb. Okay, IMDb, correct. The doctor is out of his mind. IMDb? Very good. You're doing good, two for two. A new prescription for terror. I'm going to go doc on that one. Uh, IMDb as well. Damn it. Okay, you ready? Yep. A couple more here. He'll stick a finger in your butt to terrorize you and not for any medical reason at all. Is that off um, uh, 
<laughs> is that off clarkcounty.gov? Is that where you got that one from? <laughs> no, but that's freaking terrifying. <laughs> I've got to do it for medical reasons. Okay. What's that place called down uh, on Shadow Lane? The um, is that from the Health District? The the <laughs> Nevada Health District tagline. <laughs> that's uh, that's mine because okay. I find that terrifying. Okay. All right. It was uh, directed by Manny Cotto, writer, producer, director. Um, genre films of note: Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, and the Dexter TV show. And he's recently writing for the Exorcist TV show, which I have not seen. I haven't either. And I saw that he did some of the Dexter ones. He didn't have a lot of um, a lot of stuff, but there was a couple things in there I recognized. Absolutely, and he's still working today. So good for him, man. Absolutely. Um, starring Larry Drake, Holly Marie Combs, Cliff Young, Glenn Quinn, and a couple other people that we'll talk about yes. later on in the show. Yep. Dude, this is gonna be a good one because uh, we got some music for from IDFI. Or my new friends, an old friend of yours, I assume, right? Yes, sir. So that's going to be at the end of the show. And I have some exciting news to announce. I got to be an official judge for the Sin City Horror Fest. So cool, dude. And they picked the perfect person for the job, man. Who better than the doc? Well, they were super nice. I think it was like a, um, it was a, uh, they felt sorry for me. Right. <laughs> Like, what's the movie when you bring this like guy um, really needs something to do you bring an ugly date to a fancy party is that that type of thing going on yeah that's me i'm the ugly date. <laughs> sucks uh, so just so you guys know everybody in vegas make sure to check it out uh the sin city horror festivals october 27th through the 29th at the eclipse theaters which is located at 814-814 south third street and uh, you can go to sin city horror fest i believe is the website if you don't mind i'll look it up right now yeah, and if I can ask a question while you're doing that, this is the first annual, right? Like they're going to – this is the first, first one ever. Here, right? Cool. Yep. So I think it's uh, SinCityHorrorFest.com. Can I give you a quick list of the movies that they're going to be showing? Please I'll do. I'll do it real fast. Go for it. I won't comment on any of them because I'm an official judge and I would find that unprofessional. Good. Buy tickets to all of them. Uh, we're going to see The Child Remains, It Stains the Sands Red, Stillborn, Muse, Gnaw, Charismata, Mania, Ruin Me, Fraser Park Recut, and Mercy Christmas, which is a holiday-themed film, just in time. Great, man. I really hope this thing pans out. It would be really cool to have something local that we can um, visit, you know, annually. Well, dude, we always have, like, I remember the Fangoria convention, like, 10 years ago here at the Palms, and I was the only guy there. <laughs> it was really <laughs> embarrassing to, to walk up to, like, Andrew Divoff from the Wishmaster, and he's by himself, like, would you like an autograph? I'm like, no, thank you. And he's like, I'll give you one for free. I'm like, okay, well, I'll take two. <laughs> it sucks, man. I felt terrible, man. You know, I mean, I love Andrew Divoff and the Wishmaster series, and I just didn't have a lot of expendable cash at the moment. But you know, um, Vegas is weird like that, man. Like, we have a real weird uh, culture where stuff does either doesn't um, doesn't really sink in or doesn't stick for long. It's a real um, like transient type uh, place sometimes where people coming and going. I I absolutely agree with that. That's why I think everybody who's local, who's not local, if you're coming into town, we should all support this thing, man. Absolutely, man. Support um, independent artists. In, and that's what we're doing even with, uh, like, Jimbo's band. Independent artists, ind people doing their own thing, grassroots type stuff. Uh, hey, if you got something, if you've written a book, if you've um, done a screenplay, if you've made some music here in Vegas, you're local, or anywhere, send it to us. We'll play it, man. We're all about the little guy here. We're the little guys, for goodness sake. Absolutely. So. They, this this horror fest got a terrific lineup. They got horror films, short stories. They're going to have a special screening of We Summoned a Demon and Puppet Master with a Q and A afterwards with uh, director David Schmoller. Neat, man. that should be really cool. Good, and we will see you there. Be there. 
or B square. All right, what are we doing again, Doctor Giggles? Doctor Giggles, did you already forget? Kind of, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a fake sponsor first. Okay, you hit it. No, no, you first. Okay, mine's super good, so you're gonna. You're, it's gonna be hard to go after this one. <clears throat> All right, let's see what happens. This episode brought to you by the Doctor Giggles parody movie, Doctor Jiggles, starring Doc from Schlockernaut. You're are you? You're kidding me right now, right? Did you come up with that too? Oh yeah, I, I came up with a fake sponsor where I talk about how fat I am. Yes, that <laughs> happened. That would have been pretty good though. <laughs> no, mine is this episode of Schlocker or Not is brought to you by Fuck You Steve for taking my <laughs> fake sponsor. Listen, I swear to God, everybody, we don't talk about this beforehand. No, at no, all, at all. <laughs> all right, this episode of Schlocker Not is brought to you by. Dr. Jiggles, which is Dr. Giggles' lesser-known brother, Strip Joint and Jello Emporium. We, seriously, man, we came up with the exact same thing. No joke? Yeah. How does that happen, bro? That is weird. Weird, <laughs> man, weird. We must have ESPN. Weird, bro. Oh, that's great. All right. Hello, neighbor. Doc and Steve are about to discuss all the wonderful details of this film. Doesn't that sound great? But if you don't want your movie experience to be spoiled because you haven't seen the movie, well, I suggest you stop listening now and go watch the film. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you get back. See you then, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Thank you, Mr. Sledge. So, thank you, King Sledge. We miss you dearly. Um, I'm going to say for 1992, man, this had an amazing CGI opener. That was really cool. Yeah, it was the uh, blood platelets traveling through like arteries to the heart. Is that Pulsating through the veins and whatnot. I thought it was pretty fun, too. And then at the end... The scalpel comes in and slices the heart open. Yep. Pretty neat. I agree. And right after that, we go to um, Giggles MD performing an operation in what appears to be a school. Yeah, it's got that room that you see in like uh, Quincy MD and other movies where it's, someone's performing an operation, but there's a like an, uh, would you call it like an auditorium or an arena above where it's, it's like a viewing area yes. above yeah. everybody else. Right. So everybody's kind of peering down. Um, I noticed it was rather odd because he was conducting surgery, but the person still had their shirt on. Yeah, he was the dude on the operating t- table was wearing a suit. And that was funny, too. And that was I noticed that, too. And I was thinking, like, well, this has got to be like a dream sequence or something, because um, I'm assuming you take the dude's clothes off before you perform surgery. But what do well, I, I mean, know? you you would for sure. The, the pants and everything. But um, <laughs> one thing I didn't. The, the dream sequence in this movie I saw coming from a mile away. I did not consider this a dream sequence. I thought it was just um, poor staging. Um, by the way, Dr. Giggles is played by, uh, who's AKA Dr. Evan Rindle is played by Larry Drake. Do you recognize him from anything at all? Yeah. The only thing I knew him from was, um, he played a guy named Benny, um, who was like a mentally disabled, um, like a, uh, was it like LA law or something? LA law. Yep. I remember that distinctly. I love that character. My parents love that show. Absolutely. He was the only thing I remember from that show. So he, he must've done a good job. He, uh, his career began in 1971. He, he was in a movie called this stuff will kill you. Which I love it when they the stuffle kill you. Oh, is that apostrophe? Kind of stuffle. The stuffle nice. kill you. Uh, he did some really great genre sounding fare. I, I, I've never seen uh, some of these. Battle Creek Brawl 
You ever heard of that? None. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? No. Uh, but he has some more uh, recognizable titles, such as the Karate Kid, where he played Yahoo number one. Nope, didn't remember that. Dark Man. And he uh, was in the movie Bean with Mr. Bean. Yeah, I think I, when I was looking through, the only stuff I really kind of thought was, I think he was in one of the American Pies or something that I was like, oh, okay. You, know, but... you don't know Dark Man? Sam Raimi's Dark Man? Uh, I've seen it. It just, I don't remember it. Right. Okay. We'll have so, to revisit so that, that's that one. That's how much I liked it. Years. Right. <laughs> So it turns out this isn't an educational experience at all. Um, Dr. Giggs is in a nut house and he's basically cutting up on a victim while all the other loonies watch him. Yeah, and I think it would be uh, super, super freaking cool to be able to play an extra that's like a, a background character in a loony bin. It would just like get nuts with it, go stupid. Like uh, that one uh, blonde chick who was licking the window yes, like really yes. slowly. Which had to have been unsanitary. Yes, I, I think back to even um, Strange Brew, like when they had the loonies playing ice hockey and uh, running around the halls, all crazy. Like that just seems like that would be a really fun job for an extra. Like where you just, like, easy too. Like you know, what is my motivation here? Oh, I'm crazy, so I can do whatever I want. Don't cut your hair. Literally, yeah. Don't cut your hair. Maybe yeah. poop yourself. Run around and make stupid noises. Now, do you think they called him Doctor Giggles because of his um, um, tendency to like? chuckle or do you think it was during acts of violence where he would uh, give his terrible one-liners dude so when he started with the one-liners uh i wrote <laughs> yeah. dude that was or what that was like he was right behind that was as what? good that was perfect man i was gonna try to recreate it and i don't have to now that was it dude um, i wrote down oh shit this is gonna be a one-liner fest like it because you know how i feel about wordplay and puns and i tolerate it from you and dave to a certain point um Okay. So I was already like... Wait wait a second. You're not having fun with what I'm doing here? I mean, we've been doing this for over a year and a half now. You're not enjoying it at all? You're tolerating it? Certain people I give the pass to. You're one of them. (laughs) Uh, But I had gone from like having a lot of fun with the opening credits to kind of that I'm starting to fold my arms across my chest mode. You know, like, oh my, here we go. You know I blame this on? Everything that came out of his mouth was a one-liner. Yeah, Everything or, or a doctor, a doctor wordplay, all had to do with some some type of um. Where do you see the bill? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you think that's bad? I, I blame I blame all that on Dream Warriors, man. I think that because of that, that's where all these uh, slashers started to having to have quips at all all times. So, well, the, I'll discuss it later. But um, it was more about you know being the Freddy Krueger from Part Four. And on instead of being the Freddy Krueger from part one. Right. Everybody was trying to get that, you know, welcome to primetime bitch feel instead of just straight horror. Right. Which was so the they Dream wanted to Warriors mix in the funny, yeah. but it really wasn't funny. Yeah. And from watching that documentary, it, it was uh, that that line, the welcome to primetime bitch thing, like that went over so well. Like it, they didn't even they didn't expect that to be such a huge hit hit part of that movie so they just compounded with going forward they just took that so many people liked it because it hadn't been done uh i guess it hadn't been done in something that big before uh horror wise where they just took it and I, ran I, with it i often wonder if it, it was because uh freddie was in, as it was initially so horrifying that it made him more relatable so they could feel comfortable with him. Yeah, maybe maybe you know what I'm saying? It. So out of left because, field. Because dude, when I saw character. the first Nightmare on Elm Street, I was just terrified. Yeah. It, I couldn't sleep for days, it felt like. I didn't want to go to sleep. And uh, that's the way a good horror movie should be. And then they started throwing it in there, and then he was a cartoon caricature of who he really was. Exactly. Yeah, and I didn't like that. I thought they degraded. Well, and there's some good ones past four. I shouldn't say that. But in general, I preferred the scary, somber Freddy and um, 
I think some of these movies after that really, really went for that feel. They went for the one-liner. They went for the jokey killer, um, which to me is not as fun. I think Scream kind of reverted back. Um, Scream was was horrific, but it was witty. It wasn't like yeah. one-liner puns. Yeah. They were kind of smart with what they were doing, and it kind of brought it back around to the horrifying side of horror. Well, what you said there was exactly right, smart. Uh, it wasn't the easy joke. It wasn't the obvious, the on-the-nose joke. It actually no hanging was fruit, yeah, yeah, right? There you go, bro. I think, yeah, you're right. Perfect. Okay. Um, can I uh, express the fact that I think that the groping of the nurse was both the best and worst special effect I've ever seen. <laughs> what was what was the reason behind using the fake hands? He he denied himself of. Uh, well, did you notice like when that? It, it's almost like the producers like we got to have this scene in here because I want to be the guy groping her. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be his hands. Was that, was that Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> oh, zing! <laughs> you current events, look at you. Because <laughs> imagine this, guys. Um, Two hands come down over top of a female nurse, and both hands start like just pummeling <laughs> and squeezing breasts. Okay, um, she turns around like, "Oh, Doctor Evans, I don't have time for this right now. You silly, silly guy." You silly. And turns around, and Doctor Giggles holding two severed arms and, and fondling her with the severed hands, <laughs> which were literally just five minutes ago animated. And squeezing her breasts. I guess in 92 it was okay for like that uh, sexual harassment in the workplace was totally kosher. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean that's just the way guys treated people back then, <laughs> it's right? That's just how it is. Right? Right? Yeah, apparently. Um, those hands were the most uh, savers level Halloween prop hands I've ever seen. In oh, a dude, movie. I, I actually, I was, I thought back to like the conjoined body parts falling out of the hefty bags, like straight plastic arms. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> They look like uh, wax, like they were candles or something. No, no, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of those rubber dog squeak toys you could get, like a rubber hand. Yeah, the dog or like the ones you hang under the back of your car yes. year-round, yes. like somebody's yeah. in your trunk or whatever. Yep. I guess he should have kept his hands to himself. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Good job, dude. Good job. Yeah. That's straight from the movie. I plagiarized that. Thumbs up. Um, <laughs> can Can I try a little bit harder? Yeah, go. Okay, I would have said if I were Dr. Gills, um, Dr. Phillips was uh, always known for his handies. Okay. Okay. Um, high five. <laughs> yes. Like, like Simple is funny. I like that. <laughs> I, I think at this point she should be happy because uh, basi- he basically got rid of that nurse's sexual harassment problem. She'll never be bothered again. <laughs> <laughs> he did her a favor. <laughs> Not cool. There's a couple of times. There's a couple of times where you know Dr. G would. Handle some business for people. I'm, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, that part was fun though. I did laugh at that. It was cool. It was silly. Yeah. Um, was scan card technology relatively new when this movie came out? Ninety two. Let me think. Because he killed that 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 guard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I called him the nightclub extra from Miami Vice because that's what he looked like. Yeah. Uh, it was the dude who was leaving, like the doctor who probably just snorted coke off his dashboard. Um, <laughs> But when he stole his proximity card or his, his scan card, they really highlighted that card like working and the gates sliding open. I mean, they were really proud of having that. Right. It was, it, it was like a, a Mission Impossible retina scanner or something <laughs> back in the day where they really like, like check this out. You take this card and slide it down this yeah. slot and this door will open. You know what? I think 92, I graduated high school in 92, um, if you want to date me there. And I think that we did have cards at work for some of the places I went to. So I'm going to say that was still in effect at that time. At the top secret hair academy. At the top. When you were going through the Hair Force Academy. To get into the freezer at Arby's, you needed to have the 
perfect scan card. <laughs> In order for me to access the 11 special herbs and spices from KFC, I had to use my scan card. Yeah, yeah, and you had to be 16 years or older to uh, receive it. <laughs> That's great. No, anyway, the gigs has left the building. To sidetrack quick there, what you said there, when I first started at KFC, because um, we both worked at KFC, right? That, that's our, our link. Yeah. Indeed. When I, when I first started there, I was under 16, and they wouldn't even let me use the um, the fryer or the cutter or anything. I had to have like a special job all to myself filling up drinks until I turned 16. Why even have you in the building? That's the I, easiest I thing there. And I think I could only work 15 hours a week. Like there was a, some kind of child labor laws in effect where I couldn't work over 14 or 15 hours a week or something. Like it was weird. Look at you, yeah, motivated. Man. I was 16, first job I ever got. As soon as I turned 16, pretty much the only local place we had for teenagers to work besides Red Food. Um, later on, I went to Volunteer Video and nice. Dyna Body Gym and all those cool places. But yeah, KFC, man, they helped me. Uh, Breakthrough into the industry, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they helped you get greasy, help your clothes smell bad. <laughs> my mom would make me change my clothes outside. Same. My parents did the same thing. Oh, it would smell so bad of grease, dude. dude. Can I tell you about my favorite thing about working at KFC, what I would do? Go ahead. I, I may have said it on the show already. I don't know. Um, so they had the flour in the back, the big vats of flour. And you would take, for like uh, extra tasty crispy, you would take it, dip it in the water, put it in the flour, dredge it, take it, put it back in the basket, put it in the water again, get it wet again, and dredge it again so you get like double layer, right? Mm -hmm. So what I would do is when a new hire would come in, they would preoccupy them, and I would take my hand and I would dip it in the water, dip it in the flour, dip it in the water, dip it in the flour, and keep doing that until I basically built up like a doughy glove on my hand. Mm -hmm. And then I would take it, and while they weren't looking – you know, I would slam it in the grease and I would start screaming <laughs> and then they would come and see what was happening. And I would take the glowy, the, the doughy glove hand out of the fryer and it's like all the dough melting off my hands. And it looked like my hand was disintegrating. Oh, dude, that's pretty good. Man. <laughs> and I would hold it in shock and horror and they would freak out and I would just like slop it off my hand. Isn't that a scene from Toxic Avenger? Didn't they fry somebody's hands in that? Uh, a head. Was it a head? Oh, no, you're right. He uh, smashed his hands yeah. in the fry basket and slammed it in there. I think that they stole that from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Tony were... Jones at KFC, my coworker, <laughs> stole that and sent it up to Troma. Here's two things I remember about working in the back at KFC. When you had to put your hands in those flour, like the flour would get under your fingernails and really hurt. Like it, you'd have to dig it out because it would kind yeah, of like dude. solidify. It would and cake in there. Yeah, it would really hurt your fingernails. And um, here's a little behind-the-scenes KFC knowledge for everybody. Uh, we had, it was the charbroiled chicken, I believe. It was the, the non-breaded one, so it was kind of like a grilled, more healthy chicken when I worked there. And it would, sure, ha yeah. it would have the black um, grill lines, you know, like, ha so it looked... Already like etched it, in with a black Sharpie? It basically, no, not that bad, but pretty bad still. What we would do is we'd take a huge block of unsweetened white chocolate, and we'd rub it on a, a metal grill, and then we would heat that grill up and press it down onto the chicken, and it would... It would um bake little those black lines were actually unsweetened white chocolate lines that would have been burnt <laughs> onto the top of the chicken so there you go okay well since my kfc was in the south nobody gave a shit about right. health or, <laughs> or uh, you know their right. body so uh, we didn't have that but our kfc had a buffet in it Ooh, nice man would so you pay like 6.99 and you could have all the chicken and fixings you wanted an all you can stand buffet was that what you would call it <laughs> I got my own Dr. Giggles word playing today. 
Oh, is that what we're doing? Dr. Giggles? Or, or is, that, is that the movie we're talking about? <laughs> Ah, 30 minutes so of anyway. Kentucky Fried Chicken, bro. <laughs> I know. I can tell you it's stories for days. We'll get to those later. Um, based upon the perfectly staged map zoom shot, <laughs> which is totally... Uh, he's heading to the town of Moore High? Is it M-O-O-R-E High? H-I-G-H? Moore High? Was that what it was? That sounds about right. It sounds like a stoner's Xbox gamer tag. <laughs> <laughs> Moore High 420? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, then we cut great. to the high school, which I assume is more high high. <laughs> <laughs> You're having more fun with it than they did, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and basically at this point we meet the entire 90s, early 90s gang. You get Jen, who seems like the quiet final girl. I, I, I'm trying to guess like while I'm watching the movie, she's going to be a survivor. Right. She's the one that's going to win, right? Yeah, because she had a sad story. And that she's, of course, she's got a heart problem and her... Mom had a heart problem, I'm sure, and Dr. Giggle's mom had a heart problem, so anybody's got a heart problem is okay. Um, she's played by Holly Marie Combs. She was on the Charm TV show, Pretty Little Liars, and Born on the Fourth of July. I was not familiar with her at all. I think that uh, she had a she looked a little bit like a young Nev Campbell is kind of what I got from her. Yeah, I can or, see or that. Or maybe uh, Kate, and then, Kate Mara, a little bit of that too, maybe. Don't know her. Uh, she was in... Uh, Any relation like to Rooney? Mara? I believe so. Might be sisters. Yeah, I could look that up for you real quick. Ah, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. If you're interested, look up a Google image search of Kate Mara. Or Mara. And then her boyfriend, who's literally trying to bang her in the quad. Yeah. Uh, he's like a Freddie Prince Jr. clone. Okay. Uh, for me, I thought a young David Arquette or possibly Ed Norton. Did you catch a little bit of that? Uh, I'm not going to go there. No. Okay. Okay. What was his name, though? Max. What's his real name, though? Oh, oh, uh, I could find that um, real quick. Uh, his name was Glenn Quinn. Rhymes. Glenn Quinn, which is basically uh, Becky's husband, Mark, from Roseanne. So it's funny. Do you remember that? Do you ever watch that show? Yeah, funny you said that, bro, because when I wrote down the David Arquette thing or Ed Norton thing, I was like, you know what this turd reminds me of? That that kid I couldn't stand from Roseanne. And then when I did my post-show like, look-ups. The older brother of yeah. uh, Johnny Galicki or whatever. When I did my post-show look-ups, I was like, oh, shit, it is the kid from Roseanne. It doesn't just resemble him. It is him. So that was I'm going to make surprise. you feel real bad because he died of a heroin overdose ah, in 2002. I take it all back. Poor guy. Damn it. Rest in peace. Oh, it sucks. Steve's a jerk. I should never speak like that. Yeah. That's what I We're get. trying to keep it positive. You call him a turd. His his characters were always characters I didn't like, and I don't think you're supposed to like them. So. This character he didn't like either. It's like he's trying to have intercourse with her on a tree in the middle of the school grounds already. He, he tried it like, any Is this anytime. Dr. Giggles or American Pie? What is happening here? Yeah, he was a he was a horrible boyfriend. But we also get Zoe Trilling. Yep. The the very cute chick from Night of the Demons too. Yep. And uh, so I put in my notes because uh, this movie was terrible for me to get names from anybody because a lot of their pictures aren't in IMDb and whatnot. So um, the rest of the group is two sluts, a guy and a girl, and a victim African American couple. Uh, you nailed it. One of the the black dude was is um the guy from Dougie Doug. Dougie Doug from um ba, 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 the Disney movie Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I didn't like even recognize him. him, dude. They're so young in this movie. Yeah, I like him a lot. You know what I do like though? I like the these parts of movies where you get the um the introduction to the like the 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 school personalities, right? You're gonna have the jock kids, the bully, the the nerd, and I, I kind of like those parts of the movie when you get to see them all. You get Z Boy. Tell me you kept that clip. Uh, yeah, here it is right here. 
What kind of door is that? That's not it. Hey, but we've... Per- it's a lot See, of- boy, from Night of the Demons 2. Here's another funny thing. So I went through that whole thing with the, the dude from Roseanne. When that dude got introduced, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this guy reminds me of friggin' Z-Boy, dude. This sucks. And then when I did the research, like, that was Z-Boy. Oh my God. <laughs> it totally like smacked me in the face. It was just basically stock characters that you know are going to die. Yeah. And that's what I think movies nowadays are doing a lot better is they're, at least some of the ones I've been watching recently, um, they're actually developing these characters uh, way past a... Um, just a caricature standpoint. They're not stock people in a movie. Right. You get a they little don't fill you, the, they don't fill a niche. You get to invest a little more in the character, so maybe it feels a little better when something feels a little worse when something does happen to them bad. And right? it feels better when people survive. Exactly, dude. So yeah. um at this point they talk about some party or later on. Who knows? I didn't pay a bit of attention to what they were talking about because I didn't care. Um but then Jen visits her personal physician who claims that she has a mitral valve prolapse. So take it away, Steve. I have that, uh, also known as regurgitory valve. Uh, I get to um, deal with that all the time, and it sucks. So explain to me the symptoms of that. There's, is it uh, constant complaining about it? Yes, yes. Um, constant and is complaints. it um, always woe is me, and every yes. time you're on a date, you're talking about it, and you can never stop mentioning it? It's like uh, basically the... Um, Medical opposite of Fight Club. If you have mitral valve <laughs> you have prolapse, <laughs> you can never stop talking about it. You have to talk about it. Uh, if you want the medical, uh, uh, horrible medical term um, dumbed down, one of your valves doesn't close all the way so that you get a little bit of blood goes back the opposite way every time it closes, which is bad long term. And the worse it gets, you have to have the valve replaced. That's mm. what she has. So it's good, and you have too. I do too. Yeah, what a fun coincidence. <laughs> yeah, so you I mean, you immediately were drawn right to this character. You have empathy for her. Uh, no, it just made me feel crappy in general. Like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Don't remind me. <laughs> so, oh, she's a survivor, though, man. She's gonna survive. This intro was was almost dead. The same thing as um, the intro to Night of the Demons, where they're they're gonna have a party at this abandoned house. It's like the, it's a carbon copy of of the. Which one came story. first? This this came before Night of the Demons too. And there was a lot of the same characters. Zoe Trilling, right. the guy who played Z Boy. Right, because Z Boy was Z Boy was almost the exact same character. I mean, down to the hat. He was the exact same dude. And I thought that this came after, but then when I looked up the years, I was like, wow. So no, actually Night of the Demons 2 ripped off this movie. It wasn't the other way around. And you know Larry Drake's like, listen, dude, quit with the laugh. I'm the Dr. Giggles here. <laughs> You're not gonna pull that. On my set, right. he's like, "Okay, man, sorry." I mean, and you remember my feelings about Z Boy on the the other one, where I just it was hard for me to even see him on screen. Which I'm guessing that the character was written that way. I'm not knocking the actor; he probably did exactly what he was supposed to do. He played a character you're not supposed to like. Um, anyway, or, or was it written like that, or do you think he just that's his personality that comes across on the screen? Either way, I'm sure that's what they wanted. They want the the rowdy. Um, he was a super hey, dude, dick, let's man. Party. To everybody, they want. That he he guy. basically killed. Um, the, Dougie the Doug. black couple he did, yeah. Dougie, Doug, and his girlfriend, which yeah. I didn't get her. I, I think Corrine. Yes, Corrine and Trotter. I think. No, no, Corrine was somebody else. Yeah, whoever it was. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Corrine's in, later on in the movie, but um, the doctor tells her based upon her medical diagnosis, she'll eventually have to have a surgery, which it, it must have to be done immediately because every time he gets his hands on her, he wants to cut into her chest and change her heart valve. Yeah, and I think they use a pig's valve for that. That's like the closest to human valve. So there's some more uh, knowledge from Schlock or not. Now, as a vegetarian, <laughs> is that going to play into your decision to get the procedure done? 
Hey, dude, I'll take the valve. I just ain't eating it, dude. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I won't eat a pig, but I'll take all of his body parts and use it heart. for my own. Dude, if I, if I had to eat that heart to get that valve to work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also not allowed to have any coffee, tea, or alcohol. So right. um, the doctor is in at this point his creepy old house. So uh, I guess the house that Dr. Giggles grew up in, the Rendell family, that was not an actual house. That was a set built in a park. Oh, wow. I thought it was a real house. So good for that. It was not. And they built that set in the park so they could blow it up later. Cool. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and just as Jen walks by, he kind of like stumbles into his. Uh, so basically, she leaves the doctor's office and walks by Dr. Giggle's house on her way to her, her own home and just happens to walk by um, and really slow down to soak in that scary vibe in front of the house. Yeah. And then you get the crappiest jump scare I've ever seen in my life. It, and it happened exactly the same in um, the Night of the Demons, right? When the, the girl's walking and the, the old guy, like, they drop something. and it, Dude, this is like a complete, it's almost exactly the same if you take Night of the Demons 1 and 2 and put them Just together. Just take out demons and put in a, uh, a chortling physician. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, it's a complete carbon copy. So basically the jump scare is um, Jen is walking right to left of screen. And the camera doesn't catch up, but she stumbles into a nosy neighbor with a dog who starts yapping yeah, and that, startles her. That neighbor lady looked like a complete bee, like right away, dude. You could tell like she was... We'll talk a little bit about her later. Okay. Um, so then that happens, goes nowhere um, at all. And then we get to Jen's house where we meet her lazy-ass parents who were too busy to pick up their daughter with a heart condition from the hospital and forced her to walk her <laughs> Walk all the way home. It's funny, and even when she was in the hospital, I was thinking, like, dude, I would never send, especially not a teenage girl, to, to the doctor on her own for something as serious as that. Well, that's a total dick move. So what did the doctor say? Well, like, he said, like, I've got a heart problem, and, <laughs> like, um, and that's not against women. That's against high school kids in general. Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. going to pay attention to anything a doctor says to them. Yeah, no kidding. So the dad is played by Cliff DeYoung. He's uh, had a great career, which started in 1954. He's in The Hunger, FX, uh, The Twilight Zone. He, he has a very recognizable face, so when you see him, you'll know him immediately. Yes, I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, he done a ton of stuff, didn't he? He did. 138 credits, yeah, good for him. Um, at this point, it cuts back to the gig sifting through his family photos, and we get a flashback. Um, basically young giggles chopping up stuffed animals, uh, to the approval of his dad. Um, and then he mumbles something under his breath that the town murdered his pops and they're going to pay. Well, not only chopping up the animals, he would sew back their chests up like he was performing surgery on the animals. Sure. So he would take out the stuffing, but then when they do a far pan, all the animals had like sutures up, up their chest. So I guess he was like a little pro, you know, protege for the dad, the doctor. His dad was super proud that yeah. his son was following in his crazy ass footsteps. Yeah, yippee. Um, and that's when um, the high school murder victims, the guy and girl party teens and the black couple, which is like Z-Boy and his girlfriend and uh, Trotter and his girlfriend, uh, make the sound decision to break into Dr. Gill's house. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Makes total sense, right? And it, it again, it even has the same rip uh, from the other movie where the kid explains the whole history of the house. Remember like when the, when they get there in the car and the one kid that was dressed as a medical student, as a matter of fact, in night of the demons, remember that was his, that so, was his costume. Yeah. 
um, weird connection there, but uh, they do the exact same thing. When they get there, the guy gives the whole history of the house and the demented family. It's it completely carbon copy again. Well, that guy is played by Stu, who's Darren Heems or Z-Boy from Night of the Demons right. 2. Right. Um, he believes that Randall is still in the house, which he's absolutely correct in that assumption. He is, yes. Um, but they decide to look for a secret passage to find the doctor, and he's banging on like exterior walls to the outside of the house. And little did he know there really was a secret passage. So, how, wow. Yeah. Good for him. Um, I never got the girlfriend's name, Trotter and his girlfriend, but they decide to separate from Stu and his girlfriend. Um, at which point, Stu, like a total dick, locks him in a very dark room. So it's official. Um, Darren Heems is a dick in every movie he's in. That's his, that's his M.O. That I've seen him in. 100% of the movies that Schlockernot has talked about with Darren Heems, he is a dick. Yes. He's probably a really nice fella in person. It's but. always that way, yeah. And that's when I figured out that Trotter's Dougie Doug didn't even recognize him. He uh, he got those like dreadlocks in the movie, but he was in Class Act, Eight-Legged Freaks, and the Cool Runnings film. Yeah, I like him. He's a cool actor. He's really good, dude. He hasn't done anything in a minute, though, so I think he's got some TV shows in, in the works and whatnot. But, um, but then, so they're stuck, locked in the room. At this point, Dr. Giggles is dressing up as a doctor, um, and he's talking to himself. And I wonder if that was like to show mental illness or to, to progress the, the story further. What do you think? Both? Uh, t- either or. Take your pick, man. Yeah. I mean, I was more trying to figure out if, if the Stu locked those two in there at the behest of Dougie Doug so that he could, uh, you know, be in there alone with his he girl. He was pretty mad, dude. Because yeah, she was saying that, like, you just tricked me in here so you could have your way with me, but you ain't getting nothing. Right. Which is, she was the most common sense character in the entire movie. Yeah, pretty she much. Had it dead right. Yeah, so then I figured out later because he was trying to break down the door and hurting himself trying to get out, and that's when I thought, like, wow, Stu well, he, he really feigned an injury. Remember, he didn't really hurt himself. Yeah, he feigned the injury so he could get sympathy from her, and then uh, the doc shot him up with some troll two liquid, which basically yes. melted his insides. Dude, that needle was like nine inches long. Would you say? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess they probably have needles that long for something. There were some contraptions that he had in his. Um, gear bag that I have never seen before ever. <laughs> and I, I don't even know if they're actual medical devices so that band-aid bro <laughs> we'll get to that okay. uh, but then we never get to see his uh, better half killed off screen she's oh, apparently right. killed too I don't know yeah you're right and you know what dude that's that was already bothering me um and it even bothered me in the beginning when he took the card off the guard because they they didn't show the throat cut like they they would show him going in with the scalpel but they wouldn't show the cut they only show the aftermath um, Here, really here's the deal. Me. Now, I'd read something about that, too, and we talked about it a little bit. Um, after the 80s and how hardcore horror was, the censors really started to right. to cut at horror movies in the 90s. And you, it's plainly evident. Like, the scene later on in the movie, they probably had to get rid of every other thing to keep that scene in the movie. You're absolutely right. I did a little research on that, too. And, and uh, in the early 90s, the MPA was, like, heavily censoring horror movies. So I think this really... Um, this hurt this one. really really hurt this a lot i think because yeah. when they had practical effects they were on point yeah and you know there was a lot of blood and gore that they did not let into this movie that we could have seen Dude, maybe if we get an un that, unrated version somewhere at some point cut, bro, this would something. be heads and tails above what it is now absolutely dude i agree but at this point you get the nosy neighbor elaine snooping and pooping at that rendell home and that's when I researched her, and she is played by a female by the name of Nancy Fish, who had more credits than I ever thought 
on IMDb. She was in Sudden Impact, Howard the Duck. She played the homeless bag lady, who I remember from that film. Oh, shit. She was in Exorcist 3, so she's got a ton of credits to her oh, name. Dude, there, yeah, she's so. in Legion, that, that show that was just out. She's Ex- in, dude. Exorcist 3 Legion. Oh, that's not the... Legion is the other name for Exorcist 3. Ah, I gotcha, I gotcha. I wrote down the other one. Then. Yeah, dude, X-Files. I'm looking through stuff right now. Drew Carey's show. She was in tons of stuff. Absolutely. The Mask. Yeah, good for her. She she was a total B in this movie and, and uh, looked it. Like, she looked the part. Right. She did a good job, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what she was supposed oh, to be. No, no, no. You're right. Legion. You're right. Nurse Allerton on the Legion TV show. Okay, good. Legion TV show. What is Exorcist 3? It's got another name. Um, I should, thought it was... Should we look it up? Is it worth it? Yeah, absolutely, because that's going to drive me nuts if we don't figure out what that means. Exorcist 3. Exorcist 3. You got a year on that or anything? I got it. It's 1990. It was known as something else. Okay, you're right. I thought Exorcist 3 had a different title to it, but I was wrong. So you were correct there. Oh, how about this? How about this? You ready for this, though? In in Exorcist 3 in 19... Was it 90, you said? 90, yep. She played a character named... Where is it? Nurse Nurse Allerton. (laughs) <laughs> right oh so she's in the same legion, nurse from legion in so. legion she played nurse allerton in 2016 how about that dude let's see i don't see I, oh it says legion 2016 is the exorcist 3 if you click on legion 2016 it's basically the exorcist 3 box set from shout oh, factory so okay so it's just a, a kind of a weird imdb cross thing okay william peter blatty's director's cut it's the director's cut of the exorcist 3 which was thought to be lost Recovered and released in 2016 under its original title. This is the definitive cut of the film based on his novel, Legion. Okay. So there you go. Wow. There we you both, go. We both learned today. So William Peter Blatty wrote The Exorcist and The Exorcist 3. And hey, so you know what? he and got to direct it as well. Don't worry about The Exorcist 3. Let's get a Dr. Giggles director's cut or a full cut. That's what I want to see. I'm down with that too, dude. They did it for Exorcist 3. They can do it for this one. Absolutely. So, um, she gets frightened away, so she basically knows that he's in that house. But does she do anything about it? Negative. Yes, she does. She calls the police. Oh yeah, you're right. We'll she does. That. You're right. Um, and she then that's her cat. at the point uh, it cuts to Lovers Lane, where Jen and Max are smooching on each other, and uh, basically they peer pressure each other to drink booze, uh-huh. which she is express. No, he tries to get her to drink booze, but she is she is sticking to her gun. She's not going to do it. Yeah, she's rebelling a little bit against. Um... She's like she's not wearing her monitor, I think, because she's unhappy with her stepmom situation. So she is kind of rebelling a little. A little bit, yeah. She, I don't know if that's her stepmom either. That may just maybe be the dad's, dad's girlfriend, girlfriend. Correct, yeah. But I thought when the cops came to break up the party, that was really funny because they had that shot where it just shows Hank's feet walking while he's screaming at all the, the kids to leave. Yep. And they're like throwing beer cans and used condoms at his feet. <laughs> and I thought that scene was – like that was pretty cool because the policeman was actually like cool for a change. Like he was fun and, and he was making jokes and he wasn't like being a hard ass on the kids. He was kind of um having a good time with it and I thought that was a nice – that was cool. Dude, I, I've heard of similar situations where the people are having a big party and they just roll in there and, hey, you ain't got to go home but you can't stay here right. anymore. Yeah, just be cool. So, yeah, just be cool. Yeah. So – um. Uh, the cops in this particular situation are Joe and Hank. Um, Hank's the older, more seasoned cop, and they're played by Keith Diamond. He plays Joe. He was on Miami Vice, The Cosby Show, and Badass. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Bradford um, played Hank, and he was on The Waltons, Gunsmoke, and BJ and the Bear. So nice. just based on those two titles, can you tell me the race of each character? Uh, one would be um, from Argentina and the other from Wales. <laughs> Is that, is that about That's right? it. Yeah. It's just so funny because I didn't even think about that, but I'm reading like Joe and I got Cosby Show, Miami Vice, and Badass, and Hank, 
the Waltons, Gunsmoke, and BG and the Bear. It's like yeah. two totally different like genres. Genres, yeah. Yeah. Well, typecast. Uh, but I did really enjoy the back and forth between the old grizzly grump ass and the new guy who's just ready to learn. I, I thought that was too. really cool. I thought it was good. I thought it was well written, which was weird because none of the other, rest of the movie was well written, but their, I thought their part Their banter was, was cool. really good. They yeah. did a good job with it. Yep. Uh, but at this point, they, they are sent to a 311 at the Rindell house. And I have, have you ever heard of that, a 311? No. Should I look that up? Yeah, sure. All right, let's see. What should I do? You changed a lot of Dan, some, some. You oh, know that you always no, been not Dan, yes. Let me <laughs> see. Cop Talk 311. Let's see what we get. Cop Talk. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> the 311 was reported in. Um, Hank instantly knows that Eileen called in the 311 at the Rindell home. I just looked up police scanner codes. It says 311's an indecent exposure. So you think that's what she was so calling she's in? she's got a... <laughs> Oh, that's great. So basically, the giggles is walking around with his wang hanging out. Yeah. The house. He's masturbating in the window. Yep. Get out of here. I'm baiting. <laughs> baiting. Roughing up the suspect in here. Uh, Dr. Pulse. Um, so you kind of know how he's going to go into this whole situation, right? Um, but then, <laughs> so we cut to Elaine's house. She's taking her red pill. The dog needs to be let in the house, and when she comes back to the bathroom, the red pill is now a blue pill, and she takes it anyway. Yeah. Did you catch that? Uh, I did not, because the disc skipped this whole part, so you have to explain it to me. (laughs) So Elaine's, like, getting ready for bed. She puts out her red pill. Her dumb dog is going nuts outside, so she lets the dog in. When she comes back to take her pill, it's a blue pill. So then she starts reading her newspaper in bed, and she starts um, basically um, succumbing to the poison. Okay. Okay. And Dr. Giggles moves in for the kill and he gives her a thorough checkup. And when I say that, they spent I don't know how much money to do an interior of Elaine's mouth so he can put the tongue depressor in there. Oh, man. So it's from the inside looking out. But you see it for a second. I think uh, Pete posted it on Slack, didn't he? I did see that picture, Picture. but I I didn't know what it was from. I thought it was just like a fake still image. So they literally showed that for a second. Um, and it was really impressive. Um, and then the second shot, if I remember right, um, why does he kill her? Anyway, uh, while he, he's checking up her, her mouth, they show that scene. Um, Joe and Hank go into the Rendell house. I don't, they just basically kick the door in and they make entry, uh, to the house. And you get a little bit more backstory, which I, I'm totally honest with you, Steve. I didn't pay a bit of attention to any of it. It meant nothing to me. I didn't care. Well, you know, a little surprise that I told you I had some surprises for the show was that I didn't get any of this scene at all. And there's like two or three more tracks completely that wouldn't play. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you were going to let me borrow it? You're like, if you can't get it to work, let me know. That was I'll get be, it for you. That was actually set up for a practical joke, bro. I was hoping you were going <laughs> to borrow it. So we could be talking about nothing at this entire point right here, and we would have neither one of us would know what happened. What I saw was, um, I didn't see any of her getting killed. It, it skipped completely, and it wouldn't play. I think we're getting to that here in a second. We're not dead yet. Okay. Um, I know the backstory is uh, Doctor Giggle's father was Doctor Rendell. Um, his wife became ill, so he began killing patients to look for her a new heart because she needed a new right, heart. matching heart, which really doesn't make him like a psychopath. Eh, I guess it does make him a psychopath killer, but you know. Oh no! Say say that one more time, just so we can have it on audio record. Does that um, killing patients him... to give your wife a new heart from them 
doesn't make him a psychopath. I mean, a good intentioned psych, a good intentioned <laughs> psychopath. Can we call him that? As long as he kills your your family member for their heart, and not mine. But he's looking for, for a heart, your- man. It's it's a it's a love story. Okay, he's crazy. I'm trying to stick up uh, for the movie. We do get bit. another subpar jump scare because uh, this one is literally Joe gets scared by an ironing board falling from the wall. <laughs> I didn't get that either. Bummer. Stupid. It sounds like I missed some good stuff in this section here. Not really. Um, then Jen, who's a total downer, um, ruining the vibes on the Ferris wheel with Max, keeps talking about her uh, mom and blabbing on about her heart problems. Yeah. Um, decides after killing all boners to walk home again. Um, and then when she walks into the house, her parents are having a better time than she is. Oh yeah, dude, they were going at it. You remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Totally inappropriate. You, you, and want, gross. you want a sound clip of that? Yes. Yeah, here we go. How'd that sound? Not even close, Damn but it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll thank you for your time and effort. Thanks man. He's like, yeah, mama. Give me some of that. I did more of a Forrest Gump type. Uh, your mama you sure did. does care about <laughs> your schooling, boy. <laughs> your mama sure does love you. Uh, so I'm not sure where my disc cut back in, but it, it it cut back in with the two cops still in the house, and one of the dudes is trying to investigate, and the other guy's like, hey, uh, stop doing your job. Stop doing police work. Let's get out of here. That's where it cut in for me. We got to get out of this joint. Yeah. Um, at this point, it cuts to Stu and his girlfriend who arrive at Stu's house. Stu's brother, who's special needs kids, is playing, uh, I think that was, what's the, Dr. Mario? I couldn't tell. I was kind of looking at it. looks like he was playing Dr. Mario, but you could tell there's something off about the kid. Um, So they go upstairs. Stu somehow talks his girlfriend into wearing his mom's lingerie, which is really freaking weird. (laughs) You caught that too, bro, because I I actually tried to rewind it, but it kept skipping. Um, That's what he, did he want his girl to wear his mom's lingerie for sex? He stole his mom's lingerie from their luggage. So his dad's going to be super pissed because there's no lingerie for his mom to wear on their vacation. The other problem I have is what kind of fucked up parent leaves their special needs kid at home alone? Dude. Okay. I wasn't sure if, if I missed something with the disc skipping or not, but that really is what it was going on there. Yes. <laughs> it gets weirder. Stu gets even weirder later. Um, because she tells him she's going to put on the lingerie. She wants him to go put on the condom. <laughs> that part was funny, dude. Which Which means like he's got to go to the bathroom, fluff himself, get it ready, put it on, and then come out ready for action. But he drops it in the toilet bowl, and he's literally trying to fish it out of the toilet bowl with his toothbrush. It was her toothbrush, wasn't it? Was it his toothbrush? I don't know. It's it's somebody's toothbrush. He's trying to fish it out of the toilet bowl. (laughs) And when he pulls it out, it's got a ton of holes in it, and it's leaking everywhere. He's like, well, I hope. Literally, he's going to take this toilet wet water infested condom, place it on his own junk, and then insert it into her body orifice. It, it, worse than that, he put the toothbrush back in the toothbrush holder. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Okay, quick. Would you rather? Would you rather have a toilet water infested condom inserted into your body, or brush your teeth with a toilet water infested toothbrush? Um, how about uh, we wait until the end of the show? <laughs> oh no! Fucking asshole! Uh, what the holy fuck, man? That's so gross. That's <laughs> so bad. Hey, I laughed, though. I, that was really funny, man. That was a really good part of the movie. I thought it was great. Unintentionally, I think, but okay, you're right. Um, but I noticed the older I get, the more that I can um, pick up on weak setups. And when he sneaks behind her um, in bed, or no, 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 wait a second. She's going around while he's doing that, and she is trying to, uh, she's saying it's cold in the house. 
Yeah. So she's like literally staring at the thermostat, and Doctor Giggles walks up right behind her. Yes. Yep. Um, and he plunges, plunges like this. Uh, I don't even know what it was. Like a long metal instrument it underneath was, her tongue and kills. It kills. was a thermometer. So she's dead. He, he was. Was tell, it really? So he had to take like her a, temperature. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you know he what, killed dude, her. Actually, it just dawned on me right now. It's one of those like aha moments. I guess everything in that bag was oversized because the reflex hammer was oversized. That thermometer was oversized. It's like a clown's doctor right, bag. Right. Uh, it just dawned on me. But yeah, that was supposed to be a thermometer. The enormous, thermometer. the enormous Band-Aid that's Max gets smacked across his face. That one made or me no laugh Kareen. too. That one made me laugh yeah, too. But uh, at this point, Stu snuggles into bed with who he assumes is his girlfriend. But it's not. It's Dr. G. And he gives him a late-term circumcision. <laughs> oh, nice. So, hey, dude, if I ever uh, come at come at you with a thermometer to assault you, it's not your mouth you're gonna have to worry about. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> it's going. It's my armpit. You're going right yeah, underneath yeah, my yeah, armpit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to the right. armpit, sure, buddy. <laughs> um, but we do learn that um, Doctor Giggs is a um, serial killer with a heart of gold because he leaves a special needs kid alone. Yeah, he makes a bad joke on him though something like terminal or something when he walks you know maybe he was <laughs> you know what, dude hold on here's another aha maybe that kid was just he they were trying to do a play on like kids that can't um do anything you know a video game addict right he was just um lost in his own world because when dr giggles walks by him he looks at him playing video games and is like terminal um, like gives him a diagnosis and leaves like he's never going to amount to anything because those right, video games right. rot in his brain so maybe instead of special needs they were going for more of that like a z- zombied out video game player thing he looks special needs to me, man. Hmm. Who, who knows? Yeah, we'll... The full director's cut will explain it all. <laughs> They'll go into the backstory of that kid. I want I want his... um. What, what do they do? Like the Star Wars shoot-off spinoff movies? I want his spinoff movie. Where he is Dr. Giggles 2? Yep. Okay. Um, anyway, at this point, a Jin decides, and a Huff, if you will, to leave the house to do what I don't know. Do you? Uh, no. Oh, she's going to go back and hang out with Max some more. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's but, because, that's what it was. She Because she was um, grossed out by hearing the parents have sex, she takes off her heart monitor, and I think she even gets alcohol or something, and then she leaves. She gets out of there. And she throws her heart monitor in the fish tank, right, get, right. grabs some booze. Right. When she leaves, though, her dad mistakes that as her coming home. Right. Um. And then he can't find her, and so he rushes out to, to see what where she's at. Yeah, and the whatever. girlfriend's, like, super pissed. You know, like... Uh, why are you always taking care of your child? Uh, how, how come she can't get over her mom being dead like you have? You know, that type of thing. It's pretty rough. Well, she gets she gets a quick comeuppance because with um, the girlfriend left home alone, the giggler basically ties her up. I, I, this is really even hard to explain. Um, he basically pumps her stomach with like a rotor rooter. Yeah, he jams a, um, I guess it would be like one of those liposuction machines down her throat, uh, maybe? It's like a, a tube with a, a gyrating blade inside of it. Yeah. Um, that mixes with her food when well, it pumps out the blood. That was kind of a neat shot where the blood was circulating in the food. It was okay. Did you look at that bowl that she was eating? Uh-uh. Dude, it looked like a bowl full Cottage of... cheese? <laughs> it looked like a bowl full of jizz, bro. It was straight up like, <laughs> it was just like goopy. It's grits. It was bad looking. Well, maybe that's what um, Jin's dad was doing in there. Maybe that's what he left her. Meal. <laughs> that's what he left her for a midnight snack. <laughs> that's dirty. That's 
See, I couldn't tell what it was, but the blood mixed in with it. I thought maybe like melty ice cream or. Grits. No, I'm talking about the bowl of stuff she was eating. She was actually eating something with a spoon before That's he pumped the, her. Where the blo- yeah, and the blood was depositing right. from her from her guts, mouth right. into that, and it was spinning around and changing it to like pink. Yeah, it was, it was cool. She went out okay. like a champ. She sure didn't. Um, Max, who is basically has no patience at all, has shacked up with one of the slutty girls. I think her name is Kareen. Um and which is crazy to me because it's not the Zoe Zoe Trilling girl. Right. There's the two kind of bad girls that you meet in the beginning, and they're for some reason hell bent on ruining Jennifer's relationship, I guess. They wanted Max. to make out with other dudes. Remember the twins at the beginning right. of the movie? They're like, oh, there's the, the twin, twin let's towers. Go climb the twin ladder or some yeah, shit. Twin towers or some crap. Yeah. So, dude, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you kind of said earlier that one of those guys is still working but had been gone for a while. Uh, did you look up Zoe Trilling at all? She hasn't done anything, has she? Dude, there's articles asking like where she is and if anybody knows if she's okay. Like she's gone, gone. Really? Yeah. I found two separate articles that both at the end said, um, we hope you're doing well. You know, if, if anybody knows where she's at or what she's doing, please write in type thing. Well, dude, she, she was stunning in this movie, but she did nothing. Yeah, they didn't use her at all. I think she looked better as a brunette. I think I liked her in the other movie better. But She um, looks yeah. stunning. Dude, yeah, she's, she's a cute, gorgeous dude. woman. But he was making he was working on his fingering, if I remember correctly. I believe so. With Kareen. Yeah. Playing the banjo. Yeah, remember she had the saxophone? Saxophone. So um, Dr. G is now going through Jennifer's personal belongings and discovers that she has a heart problem. Um, basically due to a pamphlet she left laying around her bedroom. Right. And then we get a flashback of his mom dying and his dad's basically hitching a ride on the crazy train and going nuts. So now he's got, he's got a little, um, I wouldn't even say a soft spot, but he's got a now an infatuation with uh, Jennifer because of the yes. tie-in. His mom and Jen are kindred beings. Right. Right? Um, and the, at that point, Jen walks in on Mac and it's Splitsville, so... I don't know how this worked. All this is happening, and Dr. Gags found his victim in a sea of people at the fair. Yep. Right? So he goes to the carnival, and he finds Jen. I literally lost my kid five times at Zia Records this weekend, dude. <laughs> yeah, There's like true. ten people in that place. I witnessed it. <laughs> that's true. So how does, how does this guy go to the, the carnival with thousands of people and just like, oh, there she is right there? He's got giggle sense, dude. It's part of being crazy. Giggler. Yeah, mm-hmm. Giggler. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she enters a carnival fun house, which seems like it'd be a good idea, but they didn't really do a good job of it. Um, yeah. I really like those little rooms they do with like mirrors and windows. Um, those are fun to me. Like the, the idea of it is really fun. I, I agree that I don't think they did it well. And anytime I've ever, I've been in one at those like low rent carnivals, they're always so smudged up with people's greasy foreheads and shit that you can't like kids handprints yeah, and boogers and yeah, it, it doesn't work. But I think if that was done like professionally, like well with mirrors and and things, that would be a really fun thing to to experience. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been done very well in the past. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, what was that movie I saw recently where they had a, a whole scene? Uh, John Wick 2. Did they have that in there? They had like the mirrors in the rooms and stuff. Oh, yes, you John right. Wick was yeah. killing all the guys. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, man. that can be done right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So at this point, you get some sort of like trippy montage where Jen is running from Max and Jiggles is st- stalking them. And you get maniacal laughter. And um, Jen finds Kareen subdued by the basically the largest novelty band aid you've ever seen. 
It's like a comedy gag prom. It's like the size of like a a small towel, like a beach towel. (laughs) Yeah, wrapped across her face. Which at the time didn't make Um, sense to me because I was thinking like none of like why all of a sudden this stupid oversized band aid. It was funny, but it didn't like fit. But now that did you notice right after that, Doctor Giggles pulled out a a stethoscope that sprays water in your face. There you go. Now that I'm thinking, I was kidding. I just made that up, but that makes about as much sense as the large band. He he had the seltzer bottle in the bag. no, but <laughs> seriously though, now that I'm thinking about it, the big thermometer and the big reflex hammer all make sense now. It was actually all oversized in that bag, so maybe it did fit. At first, I thought it didn't, but now I'm thinking it did fit. It's just over the top nonsense. Yeah, right. Which really, that it, it wasn't fun to be honest. Like, it detracted from yeah, the movie. It did, yeah. A Corrine is played by a female, an actress by the name of Sarah Mel- Melson. Who was in the Wonder Years, married with children, and Melrose Place. Yeah. I did not recognize her because. I didn't either. Um, I haven't watched a lot of that. I watched Married with Children, but I mean, she's probably one or two episodes or something. Yeah. Dude, if you go back and watch like Married with Children from the start, I bet you you'll see so many budding actresses that you know. Absolutely. Times that you, there's probably ten to twenty um, big names that were in there as like um, big hootered girl three at the restaurant or something, you know. But then she's now a superstar. Has done a ton of film and right. TV. Yeah. Um, anyway, she runs. Uh, away from Dr. Giggles and runs right to Joe and Hank's patrol vehicle. Um, but unexplainably, she tells them that she was being chased by Dr. Giggles and they look over at his house, which is just conveniently right next to the carnival. Mm-hmm. And they see a shadowy figure running towards his house, but don't give chase. They leave and go back to the police station. That's the second time that they could have done something that didn't because the other time when they were in the house and the dude wanted to explore the... um you know, the broken down walls and stuff for the office. And the other guy was like, ah, we ain't got time for that kid. This is going nowhere. Let's get out of here. Coffee's getting cold. Got to go heat it back up. Let's go back. Fresh donuts. They got the hot sign at Dunkin' Donuts. We got (laughs) to go. Might as well. So um, back at the police station, the movie cops bicker as they often do in these types of films and get absolutely nothing done at all. Is this where he gives you the, the rhyme though? Like the nursery rhyme? He does, because um, okay, I do have a cut of that's that. That's when he when he contemplates getting drunk and spins a yarn about, um, which is really weird because every other flashback had been like sepia tone, right, right? Right, right. This one was like same type of film stock and everything, nothing different, with just a younger guy playing Officer Hank. Yeah, you just had to assume it was him, right? Right, so but, give me the nursery so, rhyme, please, and, and thank you. This I actually do have a cut of, and the only reason why is because I hit record. I, I couldn't pause, obviously, rewind, but I, I just felt like, um, oh, he's about to to spin a yarn because he the way he like had his booze and sat back at his desk and it got all quiet, so that's the only reason I have this. Our town has a doctor. His name is Rendell. Stay away from his house. He's a doctor from hell. He chopped up his patients, never last one, and cut out their hearts purely for fun. So if you're from Moorhigh and you should get sick, then fall on your knees and pray you die quick. I thought that was cool. <laughs> that is so eerie how close you sound to the real thing, man. I'm not joking Sorry. either. That's like super close to the real one. That's good. Uh, uh, <laughs> There's another character that when I do that, I feel like I sound more like. Oh, I got that too. Uh, Is that it? That's it. <laughs> Every time I hear that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. 
a lot of people that, that listen or maybe new listeners to the show, they might not know this, but me and Doc are, are almost masters of the foreign accent at this part, at this point in our lives. Um, we've <laughs> researched it. We've practiced it. Um, yeah. And I think that we can prove that uh, with a cut right now. What do you think? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Let's see how we, let's see, let's have a recreation from, um, I don't know if it was um, Oscar winning or maybe just Oscar nominated uh, Asian Connection. Okay, All right. I'm going to try this. You got to play the original clip first. Okay. Yeah. Right here. What kind of note is that? This is called uh, Rosa de It's Okay, beautiful. That was a good cut. Now, um, do you mind if I do the female voice and then you back it up with the Steven Seagal voice? Not at all, but can I hear the cut one more time, please, so I can get in the right mindset? Okay, I'm going to grab a drink while I'm playing it, too, so I can get my voice okay. ready. Okay, here we go. I'll do the same. What kind of note is that? This is called uh, Rosa de It's Okay, ready? Go. What kind of door is that? This is called a Rizon Bebel. <laughs> idiots. Yes, Clint Eastwood has it <laughs> Clint Eastwood has it right. Two idiots. <laughs> this is called a Rizon What kind of door is that? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody is going to like that at all. That Bingo. was uh, your idea, Steve, and I had fun doing it, but that is for you and me only. <laughs> you should probably just edit that whole thing out. Nailed it. I think we nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. All right. So back on track, Hank tells a story that as a young cop, he guarded Dr. Giggle Sr.'s victims in the morgue and basically stumbled upon Giggle Jr.'s rebirth. I thought it was totally freaking awesome. The best <laughs> thing observed in the entire movie. The first thing I thought was like, why is that corpse on the, the gurney like uh, an obvious dummy, right. a fake? Plastic. Like a plastic doll. But basically, he's watching it and imagine a small... <laughs> first off, he, he they claim that Giggles Sr. hid Giggles Jr. in the bodies to to avoid police detection, but... So you have a body laying supine across the gurney, and it's cut open, and he basically crawls out of it like he's coming out of the basement. <laughs> totally awesome, dude. Totally. Like a 10-year-old kid climbing out of her body. I'm going to say the child actor has to be mentally unstable now after filming. I, like, what parent takes her kid to to the set to film that? Totally awesome, dude. It was great. Totally unrealistic. My favorite part of the didn't, entire didn't thing. matter. The body looked like a plastic mannequin. Um, the cut didn't even look like skin. You know, it looked like a like slicing a beach ball or a, a pool raft or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's no blood. Well, there is blood, but it's not like how you would imagine with like the a, kids like in, covered in blood. It was blood so, red groove, dude. I I was smiling from ear to ear during that scene, dude. I loved it. I just want to recreate that, but. I want to do it with your body and me crawling out of it. No, you got it backwards, dude. It's me crawling. No, out of your body. I think that would be. That's what makes it funny. It's like me trying to shuffle <laughs> my large ass shoulders and hips out of your scrawny ass little flat ass concave body. I prefer the term thin or um, svelte. To your butt scrawny. goes inwards. You have a back with a crack in it. <laughs> so does my chest. They both. <laughs> I'm shaped like a question mark, bro. It sucks. <laughs> And I'm like a cube. <laughs> Tweedledum. Like a, like a rectangle. <clears throat> so I think that would be hilarious if we could find a special effects artist to, 
to do that. That'll never happen. But one day we can dream. Yeah. That scene made this movie, dude. It was great, man. It's great. Yeah. Um, so then it comes from that to dad arriving home and Dr. Giggity is, uh, basically <laughs> inside the house. Um, dad gets bone sawed a little bit. Um, I don't even know what happened after that. I think he doesn't. He, um, he's already killed the girlfriend. The dad finds the girlfriend, right? And then he gets killed. Yep. But that's when Hank walks in, right? That Yeah, dad gets bone sawed. Hank kind of comes in and interrupts the entire thing. Yeah, he takes a shot at him, too. He walks right on in and renders aid, which means he's basically not doing anything. He gets poked in the back of the neck fat area. Um, but he does. he is able to squeeze off a round, right. which injures the giggly. So, right. right. Um, but then it cuts to Jen being treated by uh, Dr. Tickle Monster, who seems a bit touchy-feely at this point. Yeah, he Her was, actual <laughs> personal physician is really over the top. Yeah, he, he did a lot of like hands-on rubbing when he was checking her out. Like, let me check your heart. Uh, that's my vulva? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. He always had one hand on her lower back, like rubbing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That doctor looked Not a bit cool. like the dude from Twin Peaks, too, and I, I'm spaced on the guy's name, the dark-haired guy from Kyle Twin Peaks. Kyle McLaughlin? Yeah, yeah, he looked a bit like that dude. Which we've talked about before from mm -hmm. Showgirls? Yes, McLaughlin. McLaughlin? McLaughlin? From Clan McLaughlin. Um, um, but then while that's happening, for some reason, I don't understand, um, Dr. Giggles is treating himself. Well, because he got shot. He had to get the bullet out. So he. Yeah, he but does I thought that was kind of neat. Some little, uh, like Rambo 3 action where right. he pulled, poured gunpowder in there and lit it from the back and it burned through the front and stuff. That was three? I guess that was three, Ram wasn't it? Rambo 3, yeah. yeah, where he was fighting with the Taliban. That's right, yes. <laughs> Who would later on become, become our enemies. Yes. So um, at this point. Joe and Max have definitively broken the case wide open um, with a Commodore 64 and a swath of cloth. Do you remember that? Yes, it was total. It was like a Tandy. It was like a Tandy computer or something. It was a crappy computer, and they have a piece of cloth that, from that piece of cloth, they get his entire backstory that he was a, a psychopath living in the insane institute. Right. Um, he escaped recently, which they should have known anyway. Totally. Uh, and then we get that dream sequence that we can see from a mile away. And they did um, that that fun thing uh, with with you know computers where it's like, well, let's do a query on all the people that um in the area that blank, and then it'll pull up like five names, and then look, let's filter it by blank, and then you know they get it down to enough names where they can match the last digits on the cloth or the last letters on the cloth. It's Evan Rindle. Rindle. Yeah. I thought it said Hell, but it was L Dell Rindell. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty clear in the beginning about saying that they didn't know who that guy was. Like, they, even the guys in the place, like, nobody knows who he is. He came here as an orphan. But somehow these dudes pushed that all together by, like, three letters on a torn piece of cloth and a Tandy computer. <laughs> an apple. Yeah. An old apple. So then we get the dream sequence where I think her heart stops and something happens. But then the real Dr. Goggles moves in and stabs the actual physician who fights back like a motherfucker, dude. dude He's he, not screwing around. Did that physician have a sword in his medical cabinet? I think so, because he stabs the shit out of him. Yeah, he he pulls out like a full-on blade, like a, a, a three-foot-long sword from like a ah, the side of the cabinet. I don't know what the hell he's doing in the room, but uh, he fights back pretty good. He gave Dr. Googles the what for, I thought. He did, but the gigs basically smacks him down with one of those knee hammers and chokes him to death with a blood pressure cuff. 
I like the the veins when he was um he had the blood pressure cuff around his neck and he kept pumping it. And of course, yeah. you know, and we've been skipping over this. And I wouldn't have taken the cuts if, even if I could have. But during every kill, he's making nothing but doctor puns and doctor jokes. So you know, it, it's go, it's constant every time he kills okay, somebody. Give me one for the blood pressure cuff kill. Um, what did he say? It was something about um. Shoot, I was trying to remember some of them too, so I could actually give them to you. But it, you're under a lot of pressure. It, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I'm yeah. sure. Hey, you better check your blood pressure, you know, some some bullshit doctor thing. But when they cut to the dude, you know, it's his head is like all smushed up and he's got like crazy veins pulsating in his temples. It looked pretty cool. But then the wordplay kind of ruined the whole thing for me, so. Don't disturb my friend. He's It's so weird because like I love it in a movie like Commando, but I hate it in this movie. Yeah, it, it you're right, dude. It fits in certain places and it doesn't fit in others and that that's just in this one, it was kind of, and that we have talked about this before too. So yeah. we're going to have to do a little bit more research and, and maybe do an expose of when it works and when it doesn't. But think of the character of Dr. Giggles, bro. Like Larry Drake himself, he could have been scary, but he wasn't, it, he wasn't scary because of the, the goofy, um, one-liners and the goofy things he was saying. Dude, he's got a face that looks like it could really be creepered up. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And I think anything, and it, maybe this is just me because of my own phobias, but I think anything that's dealing with like, surgery operations uh bad doctors that's terrifying to me like that's scary real scary there's a reason that like um insane asylums and and empty hospitals are creepy as shit um they could have capitalized on that i think and instead basically hold your life in their hands every time you go under you know that that negative vibe you get in a hospital because you just know people are or when you're walking by rooms and there's people moaning or, or or in pain or gasping it's like dude that's a freaky freaky thing to go through um must be hitting sunset because i'm over at umc and it's all yeah, yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, UMC is great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of wish they would have gone like real scary and not, not Freddy or Part Four, you know, goofy with. Yeah, it. you're right. Because they had, I agree all, they had you. all the elements. They had the, the, the they had the things. To Backstory, make that the themes, even like the, the cover with the doctor with the, the scalpel and the blood mm-hmm. for the dot and the, yeah, I mean they had everything there. I mean, medical instruments are scary if they're not oversized clowny clownish instruments. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I I kind of think there was a missed opportunity there um, to to make this really kind of terrifying. Concur with you fully. All right. He drugs her though and carts her away. Yeah. But then at this point, Joe finds Jen's dad and Hank um, at the house. And I said earlier, Joe is played by Keith Diamond, who's no relation to Neil. I searched and I could find no relation really? to Neil Diamond whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. There's. One wears uh, one wears sunscreen and the other doesn't. That's that's how you know. He was also in all the right moves, Burn Notice, and Prison Break. Nice. Uh, believe it or not, in two thousand four, he was shot by his father, Whoa. but survived. No kidding. Yes, dude. In the uh, I think it was in the chin and in the shoulder. Dude, that's scarier than Doctor Giggles, man. Fuck. That's yeah, a, absolutely. It's a story. Um. So. At this point, Jen's dad rises from the dead to provide a valuable clue, as in a lot of movies made during this time frame. Right. Um, and he says, a doctor did this. And I was like, dun, dun, dun. No, yeah. no shit. You know, here's the problem with movies like this. is like everybody in the room knows who's the killer. Yeah. Everybody. Elaine, the nosy neighbor, knows who's the killer. Max knows. Why did we even need that exposition? Right. We didn't. And that's so common, right? dude. Like, that is that is. That for some reason, that was really a popular trope for years, years of, of that. Yes, it's like, 
Why? It, it, it's not smart. Yeah. It's not. It, they didn't do it well. They didn't. They didn't have the red herring. Um, but anyway, um, and then you know the gigs is getting down for some late night medical procedures. I think he's going to do a heart transplant, right? Because he's got a a bucket full of hearts. Yeah. I, I did chuckle at that. I thought that was funny. This this one's too small, and this one's not big enough, yep. and this one's been dead for two days. So yeah, it was just like work. a painter's five gallon bucket from Home Depot full of hearts. <laughs> so so he, uh, he, Officer he, Joe he arrives at the creepy mansion to hopefully save the day, and it's it's kind of creepy in there. He's got the um, he's got that waiting room, which was the, the kind of a cool victim discovery scene where he had the waiting room with all the dead bodies in it. I'm going to say yes and no. Um, first of all, whoever was the cobweb technician, he was on point in this because there's cobwebs on everything in the whole cobweb world. wrangler. Yes, the cobweb wrangler was on point. Um, the the I really like the idea of all the victims being in there with their hearts taken out because it reminded me it was a throwback to the stuffed animals with all their hearts taken out lined up. Right. So when he was a kid, he did it to the stuffed animals, and as an adult, he did it to the to the true victims. But what I didn't like about it was they all had the exact same. Um, effect for the wound like it was basically a carbon copy of a wound just plastered on everybody's chest and what made it happy for me is the fact that he vomited yeah, that was a good vomit. It, that was chowder bro that was a mouthful of yeah, chowder he, right he there. threw up some clam chowder and that a little pea good. soup in there that was that was funny to me because he's like Bleh. yeah that was good man also it reminded me of a, a recent movie that you and i saw together hmm. the victim discovery of all the corpses in the room do you remember uh bloody bloody bible camp Pool party massacre. Yes, pool party massacre. At the yeah. end, he had all the bodies in that yes. little room up there. Yes, you're right. I watched the behind the scenes on that, and he said uh, he had to take that was his personal bedroom, I think, and he had to like take all his furniture out and beg his wife. <laughs> uh, Drew had to beg his wife to let him film that in his room. <laughs> we got to really got to get him on here to like walk us through that movie. I, I can't wait, dude. Great. We got that that uh, movie release of Zia this last weekend, and got to talk to him. That was yeah. super fun. Yes, and I hope we can have him on the show like ASAP just to do. W- I was going to watch the like behind the scenes director's commentary. I only watched the um, the featurette of the making of the movie. I was going to watch the director's commentary, but I figured, why do that when we could do that on our show? That would be how how cool would that be to be able to have a director come in and and walk us through. Like we're doing right now with Dr. Giggles, but telling us all the behind the scenes right. fun stuff. Instead of us pontificating and, and making wrong assumptions, like have it right for once. Throwing out ridiculous hypotheses that mean nothing. Right. It's stupid KFC stories and boner jokes. <laughs> Whatever else we got. Yeah. I'm sure we're still going to have dumb stories, but we'll also have some insightful information about Pool Party Massacre. So let's hope within the next couple of months we can get that done. Yes. Drew's really busy, though. And if you know what, if he's too busy, can we get Steven Seagal to walk us through the Asian connection? Do you think he's available? Like, what the fuck was happening there? <laughs> get him to walk us through that one. Why? <laughs> Oh, I got a cut for the dude, um, the dude in the waiting room here. I think I'm gonna puke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Later on in the movie, they're gonna go back. All the crime scene analysts are gonna be like, "Well, Joe, Officer Joe, we found your DNA in the room here. Um, are you sure you're not a suspect?" I puked. I'm sorry. So anyway, Professor Google uh, basically shocks Jen to stop her ticker. At the exact moment that Joe bursts in, um, which was really funny because he gets a heart thrown right in his face and he's like, whoa. <laughs> that was funny, dude. He walks in, he's got like a, a bucket full of hearts that he treats like snowballs and he just throws it right at Joe and he's like, oh, hey, <laughs> not funny. okay. 
And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, dude. I don't, maybe you know more than me on this, but I think those paddles they actually do stop your heart. Don't doesn't that uh, stop it so that it can get back to its normal rhythm? It, it doesn't like shock it to add a beat. It stops a beat. I think. Well, it's funny you ask me this, Steve, because with my years of medical experience, I have no fucking idea, dude. Sure. Okay, okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to do a little more research on that. <laughs> I think you're correct, though. It's funny that you would think I would know, and you're the one, you know, doing all the research on heart issues. It and just whatnot. popped in my head right now, now that you said it. I think you're right, though. I, I say that. I was joking, obviously. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it works because it stops it momentarily to get right. it back on. It's like a reset, like a reboot. It's not like uh, adding a jolt to, to jumpstart it. It's more like a reset, I think. It's not like a, you're charging your car. Right, right, right. That's interesting, though. I really would like to find out a little bit more about that. Because I think as a I kid, you, you think that like the electricity is actually making it beat, like electric sending electrical pulses to make it beat, but I don't think that's the case. Can I give you a disturbing story about when a defibrillator was used when I was around oh, yeah. in Las Vegas? For sure. This made me so angry uh, and disappointed in society. Um, Arizona Charlie's, probably early 19, late 90s. Early 2000s, uh-huh. um, there was a female that had a medical episode in the casino. And the security has those um, um, civilian-level defibrillators where you, it tells you everything to do and you hook it to the heart and you press yeah. the button or whatever and it does everything for you. They have them at the range, it, yeah. You've seen those, right? They have them hanging at the range, yeah, right there. So this lady falls out. Um, the security guys get there. They're They're – trying to help her out. They know she's going through a medical episode. Um, so they get the defibrillator, they bring it down to the floor, they start cutting her shirt off and they expose her breasts. And all I hear is a guy in the background go, titties. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Like literally this lady is going through a medical oh. episode. She, she ended up, Dying, I heard later. Oh no! Going through a medical episode and just some random dick face in the back. Yes, titties. Oh, and like, when you really do? Could you imagine like you're you're going through a medical episode where you're dying, and somebody's staring at your privates, and has to say that out loud? Some just random dude walking by seeing it. That's that sucks, bro. That's horrible. What is wrong? And the people, dude. You know the worst part of that, man, is um. I know when you turned around to look at the dude, it was Aaron from Ghost Tattoo. That's the worst part. No, of the he would thing. never. No, ever. It wasn't, it I'm, wasn't not even gonna, I'm not even going <laughs> to. Yeah, I could not believe somebody could be so heartless yeah, t- and sucks. vile and disgusting. Um, so that's more horrific than this movie we were talking about. So there we go. Yeah. Thanks for the letdown, dude. It's great. Sorry. All right. So anyway, um, I'm glad they had those things in casinos. At least they try. Yeah, I'd, you know be, I mean? I'd be worried that someone would, would try it on me when they shouldn't, like if you're having an epi- elep- epileptic seizure or something. Because you're not supposed to use that thing. It's kind of like an EpiPen. Like, you only use that when... I'm pretty <laughs> sure if you feel the heart and there's no heart rate, that's you, when you, you use Then you go ahead and drink so, a shot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry about that, but true story. Yeah, it's a bummer. So like, that's a one-off though, dude. I, I really believe that most people are good at heart, man. I, I, believe- I agree, and that's what I think is just like a drunk... You know, casino guy or drunk gambler who has no idea what is actually happening. Right, right. Doesn't know she's had a medical episode because he's so inebriated. Um, That's what I I would like to think, that he's not such a dick that he's going to say that while somebody's having an actual medical episode. 
Um, yeah, and I think people we'll always, know. You know, the loudest, the squeakiest wheel um, makes you know, the, gets the most attention, right? Um, and I, I really is that, think, the, is that the actual term? I made, I made that one like out the of two. The squeakiest wheel gets the most attention. I made that out of two separate. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the loudest minority, I put it to you that way, the loudest minority is what gets a lot of attention. But I really think if you step back and look around, most people are good people, dude. I, I believe that and I, I want to believe it I even if it's not true. I tell my kids that every single day, right. every day. So let's There's not a let's lot not of let great him, people out there. So don't yeah. pay attention to that shit on yeah. the news. Let's not let him bring us down. Um, we'll know that the rest of the people in that place all cared for her and was hoping something good happened. There was a, there was fifteen people there trying to help her with one guy staring at her. Right. Private. Right. And you know what, dude? If that's me and I'm going down and my pants are down, uh, go ahead, dude. Give a chuckle. I'll just uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't I'm giving permission at this point. It doesn't matter, dude. dude. I had a situation one time where I had to go to the hospital. And my buddy was like. Um, for some reason, I had to take my shoes off. I still don't. Oh, because I hurt my my leg. I hurt, hurt my uh, shin, and they took my shoes off, and my socks had holes in them. And I was super embarrassed, man, because like my buddies making fun of me in front of the nurses and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed with these little, just one little hole in my sock. So that night, first off, I had white socks with jeans on too. And he's like, nobody wears white socks with jeans anymore. It's always black socks. So that night, I did a quick video of me throwing the socks in the trash and I never wore white socks with jeans again. <laughs> he did you a service, man. That's a true friend. <laughs> I was just embarrassed. Cause I was like, do you really have to take my shoes off? Okay. And like, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of frugal. I like to wear things for as long as I possibly can. So the whole, the old adage about, um, make sure you got clean socks and underwear on just in case an emergency happens is absolutely true. <laughs> I like that, man. Just a little hole in the sock. I was like, Oh, do we really got to take the shoes off? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I, I didn't know that about uh, white socks and jeans. I think I'm probably guilty of that to this day. Well, you don't wear jeans. It's uh, white socks and Khakis. cargo, khaki Khakis. cargo pants. Yeah. Today's nothing goes with dickies, those because right? they suck. Today's cut off dickies and high white socks. Is that still in fashion? Sure, okay. I got uh, sandals, dickies, and a Pazuzu Exorcist shirt on. So there we go. Me and Spider and Joker from Colors all have the same shorts and socks on <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, so we're off the beaten path again. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry about that. Um, so basically, he he shuts down the power to the the layer, the secret operation layer, by placing the defibrillators together so that the system overrides for like literally three seconds. Yeah. The lights go off. He disappears. Shazam! Abracadabra! And then the lights come back on, and Joe's on the hunt now. Right. Right. Um, well, first off, before he goes on the hunt, he's got to do CPR to save Jen, who's little, dying on the table. Mouth to mouth, yeah. Yeah, it was weird too because he used a lot of tongue for that. I don't yeah. think that's part of the procedure. When you give um, when you give mouth to mouth, is it supposed to sound like two wet chicken breasts slapping together? Because that's kind of <laughs> what I was getting out of it. <laughs> I wish you had told me beforehand because I would have done that. I would have taken two. <laughs> A little foley work. <laughs> Uh, he didn't do that, guys. We were just making fun. Um, Jen is alive, thank God, because I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Joe goes uh, searching frantically for Dr. Giggles room to room. Um, and at this point, Max has arrived. So can we call him Blister because he shows up after all the work? Yeah, he done. sure does, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, and, and he, then, he arrives and instantly tries to make out with her. Did you catch that? Dude, it was so so weird. He's like, oh, are your boobs okay? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Like the the officer um, Joe is you know helping her down the hall. He runs over to her, grabs her in her, his arms, and and starts trying to make out with her. And Joe has to like pull him off of her and like, hey hey, there's no time for that. <laughs> like he pulls the dude off of her. 
Like that dude sucks so bad. He is a teenage boy. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, um, Dr. Golfers starts smashing wildly at them with a golf club. Nice, good job. And basically drives Joe through the window. Yep. He knocks him right out a window with a driver. Yep. No, I think no, that no, was an iron. It was an iron. Yeah, it was an iron. Um, but Jen loads Joe's revolver one round at a, at a time and then basically just hands it to him. Right. Um, so at this point, um, what happened after that? Uh, don't they have the whole chase scene where uh, Max and Max and Jen have to like they crawl up the stairs and they falls down and everything? There's a kind of an elongated chase scene. Joe kind of comes out the window. Max and uh, Jen leave. Um, Giggles is chasing Joe. Um, as Jen and Max are going up the stairs, they collapse. Yeah. Um, wah wah! Right? I mean, you didn't see that coming because they showed like basically the stairs were made Ricky, out of cardboard Ricky anyway. Ass at stairs. The beginning. Yeah. Um, Doctor Jogger. Uh, starts to fire, um, starts basically, he's shooting at Joe, but hits the uh, oxygen tanks. Yeah. Starting a fire somehow in the lair. Um, and then they engage in like a hand-to-hand combat fight with a bone saw or whatever. Um, Joe gets knocked out, I think. I don't remember correctly. Um, and, and as Jen tries to climb out with Max pulling her up, which is kind of a dick move. If you're ever in a yeah, situation yeah. where you and your girlfriend are trying to escape from a, a crazy killer, you put her up first. Dude, I thought the same you come thing. Up I afterwards. thought the exact same thing because she's pushing. <clears throat> it was funny too. There's a quick cut of the actress trying to help him up, and you could see that she touches his butt once or twice and immediately like recoils. Like she pushes him by his butt and then pulls her hand back because I don't know if she felt odd doing it or something. What was weird though is because like when he was helping her up, that's all he would grab. He kept trying to like scoop her butt up <laughs> into the. And she was like, no, grab my hand. And he's like, no, no, I got you from here. I got you by the meat. <laughs> and, I think, and I'm not sure if I... wonder if I get you from the bottom half and hoist you this way. It was totally weird. Yeah. I don't know if like Tarantino was on set for um, consulting at this point, but about 10 shots in a row were shot from that chick's foot, like her naked foot angle. Uh, it was always like the sole of her foot in shot. Yeah, weird. Yeah, and I, I noticed on the second watch, I'm like, dude, how, how many times are you, you going to give me a close-up of this chick's feet running around or, or stomping or on a bed? Like, anytime she was on the bed, it was straight from, like, the foot up. It was really weird camera work. Maybe somebody liked her feet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the yeah, maybe the, uh, the guy who did the uh, pedicure was the uh, director's best friend. They wanted to showcase his stellar work. But we did get a quick scare. Didn't see that coming. Did you? Uh, I got no scares out of this, but... From a mile sure. away, yeah. dude. Like, right as soon as she's about to get pulled up, I can't get up. Max, help me. Uh-huh. He grabs her. He she gets up anyway. Yeah. Um and they escape. Jen and Max escape just as the tank explodes, blowing up the entire house. Right. And I don't was that explosion good or not? Because I cut it. My thing skipped at that point. It was now, right? Okay. It was a real explosion though. It was like wood splinters. Yeah, they blew they built the house just to blow it okay, up. Great. So not okay. too bad. I'm glad. I I missed that part. That's I was kind of bummed. So what happens? Um, you're Jen. You've just escaped certain death with your boyfriend. Um, what's the first thing you're going to do? Uh, she has to go to her doctor because her valve is like blowing up. She needs to get prepped for surgery immediately. Because the uh, the tr- the emotional trauma of the previous, of the the events, uh, it, her, her valve was giving it. And dude, if it was me, I probably would have, my shit would have gave out like way long ago. She went through way more than any of the other people. But and she needs immediate The whole time, what surgery. are you thinking is going to happen while she's getting prepped for surgery? It's, yeah, I mean, it's a, 
it, 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 like in, we've talked about this, the, the boss fight, right? You got to kill the boss at least two times, sometimes three. Um, if you haven't seen him die, he is not dead. You need a, you need this. This was another stock standard thing in the movies in this era that you just, it, it, it's, it's, it's so played, man. I mean, I get it. I guess it works if you're not if you're not putting too much thought into it and it's just you're having fun with the movie. But it's the same thing, dude. Over, it's the same premise. It's the same template. It's the same. There are movies being mold, made bro. today that are basically making fun of this movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're sat satirizing this this type of Par- parodies and satires. Yes. So basically, the entire support staff has been murdered. Um, and he basically moves slowly into the room. Wasn't the doctor killed early? So who's doing her surgery? Yeah. Who has been prepped with all the information? There was a couple dead people in the hall. The nurse goes out because she sees a little blood. And then there was one dude left in the room. And um, when Dr. Giggles comes in, he's burnt to a crisp. And something that I thought was funny was um, even his his scrubs were burnt. But he wasn't like wearing scrubs when he blew up that I remember. Yeah, that was weird. So, I don't remember that. No, maybe he was because he was prepping surgery for her. Was he? Well, anyway, but the guy's talking to him um, like a normally, like, hey, what are you doing in here? Like, w- what are these instruments? Like, he's not freaked out at all. He's more inquisitive. He's pulling, like, some archaic, old-ass, right, like, right. medical devices from his suitcase. And it's almost like, you know, the loaf of bread. Right. These things are, like, super long coming out of this little small little box. Mary Poppins um, bag and shit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's killed off, of course. Yeah. Um, Jen is on the run again because as she's being put out, she's she's inhaled approximately eighty seven percent of the gas, but just not enough to put her out. She's got enough so to she's get not her lethargic out. at all, right? <laughs> right? I mean, she, he's, he's got her counting down from a thousand, and she's literally to like ninety two, but she's not not enough gas to put her out, just enough um, to make her seem sleepy. Right. Dude, uh, so I, she, I've only been put under once, and I had to count backwards from ten. I don't even think I made it to nine. Like it was I like ten. Right, nine, yeah, that was done, dude. <laughs> yeah. But she was going back. You know, it's all realistic stuff. Um, she locks herself in a storage room. He smashes his way in there. Um, she basically throws some sort of liquid on the ground and does a quick one-liner herself and throws uh, the defibrillators on the ground and electrocutes and kills him. What was the, her one-liner, too? Because it wasn't that spectacular. It kind of was a letdown for me. It was um, It was uh, something that I didn't even write down or remember at all. Damn. It, it was all, basically all the one-liners and the doctor jokes were so on the nose, they were not even worth audio capture, I, I, I didn't think. When you say on the nose, could you clarify what you mean there? If if there was an apple on the counter, she would say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. If there was golf clubs in the room, he would say, well, let's do what doctors do best, and he'd take out a golf club. Like Whatever prop or, or easy doctor joke could be made at that moment, it was made. No, there was no thought put into it. It was no deep... Funny. I don't have the heart to tell you you're yes. going to die. Right, right. Um, if you thought that was hard, where do you get my bill? Like that, that that's yeah. you know, like it, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't have any punch. You know? yeah. Not very witty at all. No. Very standard fare. I really like would I going back, man, I would have liked to seen what Larry Drake could do with a, a seriously sadistic, twisted doctor, bro. I think he could have pulled that off. I think he'd have pulled it off better than than the comical um, Freddy. I would doctor. have loved to seen um, a a director with a darker vision handle this material. I agree. Yep. But he's not dead, Steve. Yep. Because as she goes to walk past him, of course, we get the grab the leg. Obligatory. Uh... Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, she gives another terrible one-liner, and then she stabs him with two medical devices 
that I don't think any medical doctor could ever use ever in a million wait, years. Wait. I have no idea what it was. I don't know if this is true or not, but she did she use the line take two and call me in the morning when she stabbed me yes, with two she devices? Did. She okay. Did. I made that up right now, by the way, but I'm sure that's what she it was. Did. It was two blades, take two and call me See, in the morning. That's that's how um car that's how black and white and how template this was. That's I'm actually bummer. hurting my eyes are that's a bummer. Um, Jen then wakes up from her operation. I don't know who did the operation. The doctor originally slated to do that has been murdered, but, um, her operation was a success. Her dad is caring for her. Max is alive too. Um, at this point they start to make out her, uh, heart monitor gets super horny and that end credit song is the worst we have ever heard on this show. Yeah. Ever. I, I think ever. Um, I, th- I guess nothing brings the moisture like an emergency heart surgery because she was ready to go <laughs> yeah, like, she was ready to like get instantly. It on. So, so t- to summarize, man, let me get this straight because you know some of this movie was choppy for me. She ends up with the shitty boyfriend that was like overly sexually aggressive through this whole movie. Yes, that cheated on her and tried to make out with her at the most Im- inopportune times of her life. That was never there for her ever. <laughs> and then we're treated to a. Uh, basically a bacon bar cover band version of Dr. Doctor. Oh, yeah, that was bad, man. That was really bad. I, I didn't even know what the that. song was until it got to the Dr. Doctor, yeah. give me the news. So even the, the end credit song was terrible. Yeah. I, so there we go. And you said you liked this movie. Yeah. I, so suck it. I, I kind of did. Um, I watched it twice, and I did. Um, I shouldn't say I like I didn't hate it. Um, I put it right in there between, like, Night of the Demons 2 and Jack Frost. Like, better than Jack Frost, because I really that one really let me down. Night of the Demons 2 wasn't that great. This wasn't that great, but I still enjoyed watching both of them, if it makes sense, you know? I'll take Jack Frost 2, or Jack Frost over any of these two, and I did not like yeah. Jack Frost. Nah, for me, they, if I had to put them in order, it would probably go Night of the Demons 2, then this, then Jack Frost. But I, they're, in that same, they're in that same category. All these movies are in same, that same time category. frame where everything was getting just... Totally uh, bleached of any fun or excitement. Everything was uh, um, rendered ineffective because of the, the the elements that horror needs were gutted from the movie right. itself. Right. So, you know? do you think? I like what you just said there, time wise. Do you think that if you would watch this movie um, at the time, like with a buddy, and you thought it was okay, do you think that you'd have a you give it a little more of a pass just from the nostalgia point of view, or do you think you would have not liked this? Right off Absolutely. the bat. Back, if I had watched this in 92, I would have liked it a lot more. I just, for some reason, it never hit on my radar. Um, I was doing other things at this time, apparently, so just yeah. didn't didn't watch it. This is just one that I we always saw the case for at that video park place and, and never ended up watching. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I watched I'm it. I'm glad I watched it because I'm a horror completionist. I like to see everything horror-related. Right. I mean, I would rather watch this than anything um, created you know, in the movie theater basically these days. Um, they need the Terminator movie, or not the Terminator, the um, Transformer movies. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. Right. It cost $500 million. Yeah. This one made $8 million in the theater. What was so, the budget? Did you check that? No clue. Didn't have yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't look either. All right. Is that it? That's it, buddy. And scene. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. All right. You start. What's good news? My good news is the practical effects when they showed them. Yeah. And Larry Drake was pretty good in this one as well. I think he could have been a lot better with a, a, some better direction. I agree. Um, and mine's, mine's along the same lines. I kind of liked, I really liked uh, J- Deputy Reitz, uh, Officer Joe. 
Uh, he he, he came, did a great job. I yeah, thought he, he, really he was good. really personable on on screen. Like I thought he was good. Like the way he reacted to people was really good. Um, and his I, vomit was very realistic looking. Was good. And I kind of like Jennifer, man. I know she was kind of a sad sack, but she played a pretty decent damsel in distress or like mopey kid. Um, and I, I thought she played the role pretty well. I like the actress. Absolutely. She just didn't have a lot, have a lot to work with. Right. So. But she, but I really felt for her, maybe because I have my own conditions too to deal with, but I really felt like her distress at certain points, you know? Yeah, right. I see that. What's your bad cool. news? Cool. Um, basically that most early 90s horror were uh, tame, formulaic drivel um, without any heart, pun intended. Mm. Um, mm. I'm going to say most of the blame, like we've talked about, lies with the, the MPAA. This movie had such potential and we couldn't see it. Yes, so. yes, missed potential. Uh, my my bad news is exactly the same. I felt like the gore and the action scenes were cut short or maybe not exploited to their full potential. Um, they rarely showed the kill, just like the aftermath mm-hmm. of the kill. And I think that's where I, I, I did. St- same thing with Jack Frost. Jack Frost didn't show the kill either, just the aftermath. And that bothered me in, in the same move. Same or way. her boobs. Dude. I get I just I get aggravated just even bringing that up. So I don't even. There are people there. on Twitter that are mad at us that we even talked about that, but it's funny. Uh, dude, Come on, man, don't that, take yourself so hey, seriously. That's you, you know me, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm not that type of dude, bro. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, what, what, a chauvinist, if you will. I kind of play it up a little Misogynist. bit. But, dude, I'm for all for equality. I love everybody the same. Everybody should have equal everything. Um, but when I'm watching those type of movies and I'm expecting a certain something based on what's going on in the movie. Uh, that, that was a freaking letdown, bro. That really fucking, that really jacked me up. Yeah, that's great, dude. All right. Uh, Schlock star rating? Uh, one out of the only bodily orifice he did not penetrate that I thought as a doctor he would. <laughs> hey, you don't get no hard time on Twitter for that? All right, man. <laughs> uh, all right. My star rating is three hearts, one too small, one too big, and one just right. Oh, that's isn't that sweet. beautiful? All right, did you get a life lesson? Um, I'm basically glad the '90s are over. We sucked, <laughs> then, dude. We're terrible. The clothes, the music, all of it, right? Get Everything, of it. dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's a here's a crazy um little piece of trivia for you. I learned that Doctor Giggles was not a dentist. I always thought he was a dentist. And I, maybe because of the laughing That's gas or something. Got it mixed up with the movie called The Dentist. I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. I always thought this movie was about a crazy dentist. I till I watched it, and it was like halfway through when I realized he wasn't a dentist. I think it was because of the laughing gas. I thought he was Doctor Giggles because the laughing gas. I think. I don't know why, but. There it did, is. Where did you see laughing gas in this movie? No, that, that's what I'm saying. By the name Doctor Giggles, I oh. assumed. <laughs> yeah, I assumed it had something to do with that. Yeah, I was wrong, but yeah, there you go. No, oh, they have the dentist. I think with Corbin Burnson, isn't that his name? Corbin Burnson, uh, the dude from LA Law, also. Yes, absolutely. Let me see here. The weird dentist. You're tying. Crap. I don't think until it wasn't until he started talking about the heart surgery that I was like, wait, he's not a dentist. I've always assumed that. You want a little some background cuts while you're looking? I'll take that as a yes. Well, oh, I did I lose you again? Go- yeah, Crap! Dude, I we- sat there and talked for her. the dentist, an extremely successful dentist, goes off the deep end after he catches his wife cheating on him. Directed by Brian Yesna, who's amazing. Uh, writers Stuart Gordon, who's amazing, and it's got Corbin Burnson. Sorry about that, buddy. Well, what a weird tie-in, man. It's cool. Yeah, cool. Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. Okay, show me what you got. Thank you so much, Christine. We appreciate that. Thanks, Christine. Um, I didn't do a quiz off. Basically, I picked 
three phobias that I believe you have, and I want mm. you to see if you mm. can guess them by their name. Okay, go. I like this. Okay? Okay. Try and change it up a little bit. Uh, you have uh, nomophobia. The fear of Nomi Malone and showgirls. It's <laughs> a good one. Is that not it? It's the fear of being without mobile phone coverage. Um, yeah, I'd probably be freaked out if I couldn't get to my phone. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, is it my turn? You can go all three. Your, your turn. Okay. We'll, we'll do it back and forth. Okay. Have you ever seen a sexier saxophone scene, visually or audio? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Lost Boys. <laughs> Feel the heat. <laughs> Feel the heat. He's playing that thing with his shirtless with his leather pants on. Fuck yeah, I have. Lost Boys all day. You know what? I kind of forgot about that one. Up until you said that, I would have said this was probably my favorite. <laughs> absolutely not. That dude was finger learning his fingering for hey, sure. What, what part of the movie do you think my wife walked through on? Um, I don't know. When she was deep throating the saxophone. <laughs> oh my god! Of course. <laughs> Better than the Father's Day when my wife brought her friend home and uh, the Father's Day killer was fucking a priest in the butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my wife was like, "What are you doing? Yeah. I'm. I, it's a movie. It's funny. It's supposed to be funny." <laughs> Steve said it was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit me up. All right. You also have um, diapnophobia. Fear of changing my son's diapers. Yes, I hate it, dude. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> Very good. I like where you're going. It's the fear of dinner parties. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't stand them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm two for two. So, yeah, you're, you're doing good right now. Okay. Uh, did you laugh at any of the word player puns, even one of them? Did you get a chuckle no, out of any of them? not at all. Okay. Not at all. In either. fact, they made me angry. Okay, I didn't either. Okay. So you ready? Yep, go. Um, Genuphobia. Oh, yeah, fear of tight jeans. I cannot wear tight jeans, bro. I hate it. Never. <laughs> it's really good. It's <laughs> the fear of knees. Yeah, I hate my knees. So also. Shorts for That's you, why I don't bro. wear shorts. <laughs> I was close on that one. That's, good. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, good job, man. You did good. Thanks, buddy. I got another one. I got a bonus. So okay. go for yours, and I'll give you the bonus. Okay. Are, are Oregon Trail jokes ever funny? Absolutely. Every <laughs> single time. And I have confirmation from people who heard the show. Aaron, Dave, call in. Yeah. I, I need some help. I need some, some emotional support uh, here. Yeah, they were, really they've already sided with you. I already know. I already know. I just couldn't come up with a third one. So. They're not timely, though, and they're mostly corny. So I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Give me your bonus. <laughs> give me your I'm bonus. Destroy this one. I have no idea. If phallophobia. Yeah, fear of phallic-shaped foods. I've told you that like a million close, times. Close, very close. How crazy is that? You were very close. What? What is it? Seeing, having, or thinking of an erect penis. <laughs> yeah, I was close, dude. I did pretty good for guessing, right? Absolutely, dude. You were nowhere near any of them except for the last one, which is about a <laughs> cock. So there you go. Par for the course. <laughs> All right, uh, where are we at? Uh, would you rather go ahead? Would you rather spend a month in prison or in a mental health facility? Are we talking like a loony bin or are we talking like a... Um, loony bin just like in this movie. See, what I'm thinking here is maybe I'm smarter than loonies so I could get over on them a little bit, but also they're loony and I don't want to have like poop smeared on me and stuff. In prison... Uh, there's a chance of that happening in prison yeah, too. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Oh man, that that is really tough. I, I'm leaning loony bin for some reason. I'm going to say Prison. Like maybe just walk in there and punch somebody in the face and get PC, like mm. protective custody where you sit by yourself for a month. For some reason, I feel like in Looney Bin land, maybe they'll just drug everybody up and they kind of stay in their own room in a bed. And then prison, I feel like I have to like fight for my life every Dude, day. Dude, Looney Bin, you're like walking down the hall and people are throwing their jizz in your hair and shit. It just doesn't seem cool. 
Of course, everything I think about in a loony bin is from a movie, so... Protein's good for your hair, bro. It should come out luscious and golden, dude. Luscious have you ever, and soft. Okay, so you know what happens to that in the water. I mean, how are you supposed to warm up that in, dude? It'll turn into like super glue. You did a good job of like uh, making that PC, man. Good for you. <laughs> your deposits? Yeah, good job. It's sticky. All right. Okay, go. Uh, would you rather wear the condom he fished out of the toilet or brush your teeth with the toothbrush after he fished it out? That's so weird that Dude, I mentioned that earlier. We synced up pretty good on this uh, one. I'm going to say... Mm, mm, don't hate me, condom. I'm such uh, a selfish lover. I might do the same. Dude, I cannot put that in my mouth, dude. I, I cannot. I have. You, you ever notice, like, okay, you ever seen those documentaries about heroin addicts, right, that live on the streets in New York or whatever? Why do they always fill their needles up with water from the turlet. Mm. Mm, Why do they never, there's a gross. sink. They're in a public bathroom. They're literally right next to a sink, but they always take the water from the toilet to like pull up and then put it in their spoon and shit. Why is that? Oh, you're asking the wrong dude, man. I won't even, I won't even drink after my son, bro. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're asking the wrong Doc, re- Doc died today because, uh, I couldn't breathe in his mouth because he, he had a heart attack, but I refused to put my mouth on his to give him oxygen. He chews tobacco, and I am tobacco-free. <laughs> <laughs> he also just had a steak burrito, so he had steak on his breath, too. <laughs> That's gross. All right, uh, where are we at here? Schlock or not? Uh, schlock, but nowhere near as bad as I thought it would be, so not yeah. my favorite. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's schlock also. I think it's just it's right along in there with the others. It's not. It's it's worse than some. It's better than others. It's it's what it is. You know. Absolutely. All right, you got a flick pick for me. Um. Yeah. I want to. I want you to do yours first, though. Okay. Mine's an easy one, dude. It's 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two. Um. I really enjoyed it, and I, I liked the first one. I didn't love the first one, but I liked it a lot. I thought Part Two was great. I think they knocked it out. They they did a better job the second time around. And uh, me and my wife, my son, uh, we had a my dad, Dave. We had a great time with it. That's cool. That's like saying air is good to breathe. I know That's it's an easy it. one, but I watched it. <laughs> so you're gonna be shocked, man. There. Okay. My flick pick for the episode is Chips. Oh, you watched it? No way. Fuck you, dude. Ah. Nacho Cerna's Aftermath Genesis short ah, films man. is my actual answer. You got me, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen, have you ever even heard of Nacho Cerda? No, never. Um, he did these two really cool short films. They're Aftermath and Genesis. They're 30 minutes apiece. Um, one deals with like exposing the horrors that can happen to your corpse in a funeral home. And the other one depicts like the pain of lost love felt by, um, a sculpture. Um, they are both extremely gorgeous. They are both extremely grotesque, must see viewing. And I'm sorry I made fun of chips, but that movie sucks. Not going to watch it. So you a couple feel good, um, recommendals from both of us today. That's nice, man. (laughs) Good. Hey, that's good, though, right? Like, we hit both sides of the spectrum, I think, a lot on these. So Absolutely, dude. And good. you know what? On the show, I make fun of you, but I totally respect everything you ever say, dude. I just do it for fun. Uh, I just chips. want you to know that. Minus chips. But yeah, I got you. Except for <laughs> chips. You can go screw yourself. And blood in, blood out. I got you. Okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, dude. Did, did I tell you I found the picture? No. Where was it, dude? It was in all the books, like, lined up within oh. all the books on my bookshelf here. I've got it proudly displayed. Hold on a second. Two seconds. Play something in the background. Well, then you can just go shit in your hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. It's coming your way. Okay. 
Oh, what are you texting me over the picture? I did. I got my phone's on do not disturb because I'm a professional when I'm podcasting. Just want to let you know, your Miklo with his Vatos Loco salute is here proudly displayed. I have no idea. I wonder if like maybe somebody took offense to it and took it down or something. Or they thought it was too beautiful to be displayed. It should be in a modern art museum. Yeah, it's a shadow box. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, next up, we got 1972's Pink Flamingos, which I have never seen. You've never seen I've it? never seen it either, and I'm a huge fan of John Waters just from seeing him on uh, documentaries about horror movies. And I've heard about Pink Flamingos my entire life, never seen it. Same. And I'm embarrassed. John Waters and Divine. Um, we've got something cool for the end of the show. A uh, buddy of mine, Jimbo, he's in a band called IDFI. It's a local punk band here in Vegas, and he uh, was gracious enough to let us play one of his songs at the end of the show. Uh, you got the ballad, right? The ballad that we really enjoyed? The what? The ballad? The ballad. The ballad, the slow song that they had. Oh, right? That's what we got. I'm sorry, dude. I completely spaced on what a ballad even was. I thought you were talking about the name of a song. Uh, you got yes. that song, right? Yes, the it's one a slow that was jam. really uh, about love and stuff? Yeah, it's a slow jam for kids at prom and shit like that. It's, cool. It's I'm kind really of a, excited to hear a, that. A boy Thank band you. feel. <laughs> New friends at IDFI. Hopefully, we'll get to meet sooner than later. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Jim, Don't Jimbo's forget. a cool Go ahead. dude. Uh, Jimbo, Jeremy, and Brad, they were all super cool fellas. They gave the show a listen. Jimbo said some really nice things about the show, uh, and he's just an all-around nice guy. Uh, like I said, local punk band, and we support the locals. We support the independents, man, so send us your stuff. I'm happy to the play it. The song is rad as shit, too. Yeah, and if you don't like punk, uh, Sledge, you can turn it off uh, right after we're done talking. Because <laughs> they'll call me and be like, what the hell is that white boy shit? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, but, but that was super cool of Jimbo to let us do that. Um, I also got a mission statement from, I believe, Jeff, which I don't think you even knew about, right? No, I did not. Okay, so similar to the... Um, Steven Seagal clip, I would like you to decipher this for me as well at the end. Okay. Hold on a second. Go ahead. Sherlock or not, gonna travel us on a rocket ship fueled by stop rape and lactating pig and nipples. <laughs> okay. okay, we're traveling on a rocket ship filled with um, lactating piggy nipples. That's the I heard that one. one. Right, that's the second one. Can you give it to me one more time? Okay. Sherlock or not, gonna travel us on a rocket ship fueled by stop rape and lactating pig and nipples. No idea on the first part, but I'm going to say that that is more horrific than the entire Dr. Giggles movie. <laughs> you did a better job. Like, imagine that calling you at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you answer the phone, and Jeff is a super cool family guy. Um, he's just got that voice, man, sometimes. He just gets going. Yeah, I like it. And, uh, yeah. Maybe he can call in again and do it another version, take part two. Yeah, we'll try to decipher all steak, of them. Steak lips and piggy nipples. <laughs> all right, uh, what else do I got here? Uh, Thank you, Jeff, for the call. Uh, Keep coming, gang. Why don't you do some thanks, and I'll, uh, I'll give our contact info, and then I'll play us out with uh, Jimbo and IDFI. Cannot wait for that shit. Um, before I go, one more time, the Sin City Horror Festival October 27th through the 29th at the Eclipse Theaters, located at 814 South 3rd Street. Steve and I will be there. We'll hope to see you guys all there. It's going to be awesome. I want to thank all of our listeners, our amazing Patreon supporters, and our Twitter pals at Dreadfile, that's P-H-I-L-E-D-R-E-A-D-P-H-I-L-E, at Spooky Movie, and at Sin City Horror. Thanks again, Steve, for everything, and I hope you guys have a great two weeks. See you then. Thank you very much, mister. Uh, you can contact us at schlockernot at gmail.com uh, if you want to support the show. Here's something cool about our show. Um, you don't have to hear advertisements. There's two reasons for that. 
One of them is because our show is completely funded by our Patreons. Um, you can support us as well if you want uh, for as little as $1. Uh, Steve52.com has the link. Uh, the other reason that we don't advertisements is because no one's offered us any money to play to do anything on the show. So between those two, you know, I think it's a pretty good mix. Uh, you can f- I think we're on Instagram now. If you want to see like one post a month, join us over on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter, man, at the Shocker Not. So That's true. You are. You join me over there because I have a good time. Mix it up with Doc. Uh, shirts are available. Um, and always just tell, hey, how about a five-star review on iTunes? We haven't asked for that in a while. Or just tell a friend about the show. We got a nice little um, following and we like to keep it growing. Okay. Hey, I just want to thank IDFI one more time as well. Thank you guys for the song. It's really, really good. And uh, we'll try and figure out a way for you guys to get a copy of that. Yep. And of course, uh, when I play this, it's going to be in mono. So it's not going to sound as good as it would if you picked up their little their CD or anything. But um, you'll get a gist of it. Coming up here shortly, uh, Schlockline is 209 Steve52. Thanks for doing this, Doc. That was a fun one. See you in two weeks. Did my neck hurt that much from banging so hard? <laughs> Were you rocking it, dude?